the movies, all those comics, all the games, all those toys, all the TV, the animation. Just give us, just give us one hour and 45 minutes and we will give you... Hello, Marvelites. Welcome to This Week in Marvel. Nice recovery. Thanks. Uh, this is the official Marvel podcast. Little news, new releases, action adventure, and no headaches. Scott, feel great. I'm Ryan Panagos, aka Marvel's Agent M, joined by Marvel.com senior editor Ben Morse. Uh, also, not feeling the headache affliction, but I'm glad you're doing better. You were yeah. in pretty rough shape yesterday when I, I saw you. I was. I kind of almost, sort of, kind of a little vomited like four times at my desk yesterday. How do you? Did you like? You sucked it back in. I sucked it back oh. in and kept powering through the day. Oh man, because that's what you got to do. You got to. I mean, that's that's what a professional does. Do yeah. you want to? Do you want to briefly share about your travels for those of you who noticed that Ryan wasn't on last week, uh, or maybe some people didn't? They yeah. just thought you were being really quiet. Super quiet. Um, yeah, I went to Disneyland in Anaheim, California. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to make you spit out your water right there. It was close. It was close. Nope, not gonna happen. Uh, I went to Anaheim for the uh, Avengers Superhero Half Marathon Weekend, which for me also included a 10K, which turned into the Infinity Gauntlet Challenge. I thought you were going to say, like, which included a 10K, which turned into a 20K. Like, you had some well, wacky the, adventure. Because we, my wife and I, we have, you know, Fitbits or mm-hmm. watches that have the step counters and stuff. Uh, so, and wait, are they Fitbits or are they watches that have the step counters? I have both. Oh, all right. I wear fair. both because I'm stupid. And uh, we we noticed that we did the 13.1 miles of, of running on Sunday, plus an additional seven-plus miles of walking oh. throughout the day because you have to walk to the event. Of course. You have to walk back. I realized it's that, Disney, so. Yeah I, yeah, I realized that there was something wrong with one of my medals, so I had to walk back from walking back to walk back to get back to my hotel. Then, yes, we walked around, went to the park, did some rides, went over and had a drink and some dinner, then walked back. To, so, yeah. Seven plus miles of walking on top of the thirteen miles of, of running. So a legit twenty k, you did no, it. That's not twenty k. More than twenty would be twelve miles. So I don't know. I, I don't know what the k means. <laughs> Kilometers. Oh, yeah. Who? What are we in Europe? Yeah. Canada. Uh, so uh, the rest of the world. Being out last week, I also want to wish everybody a uh, happy Halloween. Uh, it's is not Halloween. It's Halloween. We we already wished everyone a happy Halloween when we did the uh, did Tomb of Dracula. When well, we did you know Tomb what? of Dracula, that was already our belated Halloween Twim URC. Happy Halloween anyway. I ha- went uh, at Disneyland. I got to see The Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, cool. Uh, holiday edition of The Haunted Mansion, which I'd never seen before. And has it's it's incredible. It's like the coolest thing. And they have uh, all kinds of other Christmassy stuff. And Tucker, before we started recording, I was going to tell you how... I saw uh, Star Wars Launch Bay and the Season of the Force stuff at Disneyland. Uh, We actually went to a preview. I boondoggled my way into the media preview. Ooh, good use of boondog. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, I I got us into the media preview on Thursday at Disneyland, which they closed off the entirety of Tomorrowland only to people who were there for the preview. Oh, wow. Wow. They gave you free food. We got a gift bag. uh, (laughs) And you got to ride... Uh, hyperspace Mountain, which yes, Judy yeah. Stevens told me about this. It's Space Mountain, Star Wars eyes, and yep. it's like they could have just been like put the Star Wars name on it and yep. done it up. No, it's got maybe play video, some music, audio. Like you, you're you're first rolling into it. It's it, the music plays and it's like Star Wars voiceover stuff, and then you you start rolling into the actual 
ride and you get to this hilltop and there's a screen in front of you with a star destroyer and then you hear it's a trap and then it just <laughs> it goes and it's awesome you can see all kinds of star wars stuff around you now it's Tucker, really cool. does this excite you to hear this or does it depress you knowing you'll never experience it uh ever yeah probably both that's yeah. fair yeah <laughs> do you have the microphone pointed the right way yeah okay good now, from yeah. my angle it looks like it's pointed towards me no Okay. It's pointed the same way yours is pointed, man. Great. You sure you're over that headache? Nope, not at all. <laughs> uh, we also get to see um, uh, Star Wars Launch Bay, which has all costumes and models. And, mm. and uh, I got to hug Chewbacca. They also have Darth Vader that hangs out there, so yeah. really cool stuff. And uh, the new Star Tours, they added uh, some stuff that is tied to The Force Awakens, yeah. which mm. is really neat. So we rode that a bunch of times. We rode Hyperspace Mountain. Uh, it was pretty great. We went on the the holiday themed. Uh, the, it's, it's a small, small world. world. Yeah, which so we went and because we were the last people in the media preview to do it, right before they closed it, and then reopened it for the public, uh, we got to ride it. it. Was just myself, my wife, and Judy oh. on, in our boat. The only three people in our boat, and no one in any boat, like four ahead of us or four behind us. Wow. So it was. Just terrifying. Us. Oh, <laughs> and on. it was amazing. I yes, yeah, terrifying, but in the best way. Really? Yeah, it was really That's great. So really cool stuff, and I'll get to another part of that whole adventure uh, a little bit later on. When we get to mm. news. All right. I think it's worth noting that intern Tucker told probably one of the worst jokes I've ever heard oh, yeah. right before we went on the air. Yep. Oh, not yeah. even going to let him repeat it. Not yeah. going to subject you guys to it. No, sir. Um, he literally had <laughs> left the room, came back. You know, he was thinking, uh, like, I'm going to tell this really killer joke. Uh, he essentially said as much. Yeah. I mean, he said the time away from the room gave me time to prepare this joke, and then he just unleashed it, unleashed it, and it was it was it was I terrible. The wording, yep, the yeah. phrasing. Yeah. Did you workshop it with Blake? Because it sounds like a Blake. Like, yeah. Oh, that sounds Blake very much too. like a Blake joke. Yeah. <laughs> I stopped a few people I do not know in the office. Yeah. In mm-hmm. the office. Yeah. Real quick. Dan Buckley, our president and <laughs> yeah. publisher, he, you would have been like, hey, da, uh, fella, I, fella, yeah. let me tell you this I ran into Axel's office. I was like, I know you're doing some yeah. stuff, but just... Related news, Tucker is now uh, taking over for Chip Zarsky on <laughs> Howard the Duck. Congratulations Because of his new hilarious so hot takes <laughs> on wacky office situations. Yes. Uh, all right. Enough of all the banter. Enough. Let's die. I'm sure we'll have more banter. I'm sure. Wait, hey, that's not even on the list. I know it is, but oh, you included as the. I what? hate it when that happens. Say what? That drove me nuts with Punisher, too. But I will talk about the Astonishing Ant-Man, number two, written by Nick Spencer. Art by Ramon Rosanis and colors by Jordan Boyd. Uh, we set up that Scott Lang is in jail. Still don't know why. This issue does not resolve that. What this issue deals with instead is the much-requested resolution of the Ant-Man-Miss Thing relationship. Now, what I loved about this was it was funny to see, you know, Darla Deering in a thing suit pounding away on Ant-Man as they had this wacky new villain, the new, the magician, uh, trying to contend with them, uh, dealing with her celebrity and all that. But I also just like the amount of heart that Nick Spencer brought to the, the whole deal where Scott in typical Scott fashion is trying to kind of you know jibber jabber and talk his way out of oh this is why I broke up with you this is why I didn't call you this is why I didn't text you this is why I didn't this and that but also thinking to himself like wow I really do tend to bail out on all the important relationships in my life <laughs> and coming to that realization and then cracking a joke after that it's a perfect transition um, 
the cool thing is coming out of this my favorite thing is that darla is going to be a member of the supporting cast this Great. is not a one and done situation um it's going to reverberate we also see on the side your boys grizzly and machine smith um maybe not up to the best <gasps> stuff oh no yeah it's more machine smith's influence basically they meet with um the folks from cross who offer them a job of course and they consider it no good nick although machine smith is very much like like hey if we do well grizzly feels really bad about it should be noted uh, Grizzly feels awful that they didn't tell Scott they're doing this. Machine Smith just goes like, hey, so you promise never to try to kill Ant-Man and his daughter again, right? And they'll go, yeah, we totally promise. He says, see, this is all above board. This is all great. Uh, we get more on the Hench app. We get some new characters. It's fun stuff. It's fun, but it's heartfelt. That is what Ant-Man is all about. Terrific. I want to see some uh, cosplaying of Darla Deering. Yeah, seriously. That, that seems like a ripe thing. And she, um, she has thing rings now. Yeah. Awesome. All right. On to one of our numerous number ones for this week. It's a a cornucopia of amazing number ones. uh, Kicking it off with Black Knight number one by our friend and yours, Frank Thierry. Oh, yeah. America's sweetheart, Frank Thierry, back again. Art by Luca Pizzotti and Antonio Fabela. And uh, it is right off the bat, you are seeing uh, quick origin, two-page origin, which was really great yeah very helpful like very straightforward very here's what you need to know about this guy and let's be honest black knight's not the most well-known character so this no. is a necessary thing yeah i i needed this mm-hmm. and you get the good origin of black knight in the first two pages and then boom you're dropped right into where he is right now which is weird world and he's a ruler of his own part of weird world uh fighting some snake dudes uh who turn to dust then you've got some like fire golems uh, I think that's what they're called, or fire trolls, or so, rock, fire breathing rock trolls. Yes, he calls that them. is the technical term. Yes. Uh, so we get all of that, and uh, you know, you you get to see, you know, what Dane Whitman, what Black Knight's role is here, who his like really close supporting characters will be, and starting to unravel a little bit of his place in this. We get to see that you know, he's uh, he's got this little thing about finding. Uh, ephemera from different places that Ooh, find themselves yeah, you know SAT just, word right, right? there uh, <laughs> that find themselves falling into weird world and from mm-hmm. all times and places you've got like crazy old um, uh, flags and reservoir dog poster uh, a two gun kid wanted poster yep. uh, that's little, from a while ago yeah you got a Herbie robot little, little pinball table some nicks and some knacks all around mm-hmm. the place and uh, it's it's a lot of fun. You also get to see what is going on in Dane Whitman's head because maybe something's up with him. Maybe he's uh, feeling the effects of the ebony sword, and we'll see how that plays out. Uh, and then the ebony blade. Ebony blade. Thank yes. you. And by the end, we see uh, you know some maybe uninvited guests coming to town. Right. And why? We'll find out. Yeah. We hope. That this is great will. first issue, and uh, kudos to Frank. First ongoing with us in, in a while. In a long time. Yeah. Maybe, I mean, it's is it since Wolverine, which he was best known for? It might be. Closely associated with that character. Yeah, very Someday we'll be able to say Frank Thierry closely associated with the character of Black Knight. And Wolverine. And Wolverine. Yes. 
Okay, moving on to Captain America Sam Wilson, number three, written by Nick Spencer, art by Daniel Acuna with an assist by Mike Choi. We pick up in media res mm. in this issue as Misty Knight is... Tucker really likes that Tucker loves <laughs> that like, one. He's, he's really into it. So Misty Knight is inside a secret base fighting a human warthog dude trying to locate Captain America when, ba-bang, Cap Wolf. That's right. Uh, they're, they're going up against Dr. Carl Malice, last seen in, I believe, Superior Carnage. He was killed by Carnage at some point, and I think who, it was in Superior who Carnage. Wasn't? Um, and he, Nick Spencer does not discard that. He, you know, mentions the fact that he was killed by Carnage and explains how he survived. This is a creepy dude. He's all over the place. He loves to turn people into weird animal hybrids, and Captain America, as we find out in Flashback, went after him because... He is the mastermind of the whole kidnapping of um, the guy, the, the kid who Cap's trying to locate for his grandmother. Um, and we find out that Malice had him locked up. Malice has some new powers, whereas before he was just a scientist. Now he's got this going on. And he turns Cap into a werewolf. And, of course. And he does it because he was like, oh, this is going to be hilarious because Cap Wolf is a thing. And it's a big joke, and Misty thinks it's hilarious, and she sends pictures to all the Avengers, and everyone's just laughing it up. Meanwhile, Cap Wolf Falcon, because he's got his wings, he's got his fangs, he's got his claws, he's got the whole nine, he goes after Malice. Uh, Malice may have done the wrong thing in making Cap even more dangerous, because the only thing scarier than Captain America with wings is Captain America with wings, who's also a werewolf. Duh. Uh, he takes on Malice and his army of transformed creatures and then goes back to uh, his support crew of Misty and D-Man. But then, but then we find out that, well, Malice was a little higher up on the food chain. He was not the top of the food chain. There is another villain group dun, dun, dun. that are behind the whole deal and we will encounter them next issue. Yeah. Over in Dark Tower, the drawing of three, The Lady of Shadows, number three, written by uh, Robin Firth and Peter David. Um, art by Jonathan Marks, with colors by Lee Lowridge. This is, of course, continuing original stories in the Dark Tower universal scene. Deadpool, number two, written by Jerry Duggan, art by Mike Hawthorne, and inks by Terry Pallet, with colors by Val Staples. Uh, at the end of last issue, Deadpool did something kind of weird and kind of dark. And we pick up here um, with a kind of a, a, a dispute over... That's the best way to describe this. Um, a bunch of ne'er-do-wells who are basically squatting on an apartment and the landlord wants to get rid of them, but they don't want to leave because they're ne'er-do-wells. So all the Deadpools who are not actual Deadpool... Um, you know, Terror and Madcap and Solo and all of them, they come just to beat up these guys in this neighborhood. So they're, they're, they're kind of frustrated, and they let uh, Deadpool know this. They let Deadpool know that, like, why are we doing this? And apparently they're doing it just for reputation. They're not doing it for money. They're just taking on these tiny cases. Deadpool's trying to be a good guy. And Deadpool says, look, we, we got to do it. We got to build up our name. We got to build up some credibility. Uh, Deadpool gets shot with an... This is great. The Deadpool gets shot with an arrow out of nowhere because he's calling his group heroes for hire. And it's Hawkeye in a two-panel cameo letting him know he's been served <laughs> and that he did it for fun. He did not get paid for it. Um, and then Deadpool taunts him and he leaves. So they have but to change their name. Is Hawkeye even legally allowed to just serve like that? 
like I mean, that you have to be a you have to be a process, process server. server. Apparently, Hawkeye is a processor. Congratulations, Hawkeye. What do we know about Hawkeye? Um, yeah. You know, he has a lot of free time. We've seen that in his book. <laughs> so, the former heroes for hire instead become mercs for money. This is a book mostly about them going off on their own, having an adventure, clashing that some of them are down with the whole we'll do anything for money thing. And some of them are like, oh, wait, this one job they get, they realize they're not on... They're not on the good side. Mm. And there are some who say, you know what? Original flavor Deadpool's right. We shouldn't do things just for money. We should do the right thing. We should be heroes. So there's a rift within the group. And also they all really want to stop wearing Deadpool uniforms. So that's a thing. But he's like the most popular person. Why would you, like, I guess they all want their own identity. They yeah. they want to they be on their own. Um, at the end, after a valuable lesson is learned, Agent Scott adds it shows up and... Uh, yikes! Things do not go well for uh, for Agent Adsit. Oh no! Yeah, uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say what happens to him, but something not fun happens to. He Adsit. ate a bad pizza. I wish it was that simple. Over in Extraordinary X Men number two, written by Jeff Lemire, art by Umberto Ramos, inks by Victor Olazaba, colors by Edgar Delgado. We have found Old Man Logan. He is here. I'm Old Man Logan. Thank How you. are you? Thank you very much. Storm and Iceman locate Old Man Logan. They try to recruit him into the fold as we peel back the layers of what happened to the mutants, why they are not feared anymore, but just hated and hated a lot. Jean Grey goes on a date. Ooh, smooching. Yeah, we, uh, we do get a reference to what happened with her and Beast. We get references to why the Inhumans and the mutants are at odd. There's actually a pretty good throwaway line about Inhumans. Uh, we see some prejudice in action. Uh, that's always a staple of the X-Men. We have Colossus and Magic looking for Nightcrawler. They find part of him, and they, fi- they fight some newish villains. I think they're new. I am not familiar with them. Uh, led by a not-at-all-newish villain, a guy who we know very well. And... We find out where the school currently is. Hint, it is not Earth, and it's not good, and the two disparate non-members of the team, Jean Grey and Old Man Logan, may have to be the ones to bail the actual team out of this situation. I'm the best there is at what I do. It's not very nice. I'm Old Man Logan. I'm very tired. All right. Uh, You guys get ready for that, because it's going to be every time Old Man Logan shows (coughs) up. Old Man Logan Vocal Theater. Yep. All right. Up next, we've got Kanan, number eight, written by Greg Weissman, uh, art by Pepe Larraz and David Curiel. Uh, If you remember, Kanan, he done got stabbed. Now he's in a back-to-tank. While he's in the back-to-tank, he is remembering his time as a Padawan, Uh, particularly this time when the Jedi... Academy, the Jedi School, whatever it was, got uh, w- was under siege uh, by just this awful group. I mean, they're the these folks who are like the Jedi's are jerks. They're fascists. They don't believe in freedom and all this other stuff. And so you yada, can kind of yada, yada. you can kind of get behind like, oh, these people just want their freedom and free will, and they don't want to be under this crazy what seems like Jedi rule. But mm-hmm. when you're also looking at from at it from the Jedi side, they're these peacekeepers. They're these right. super Zen people who are trying to help, seemingly help people. So you've got opposite sides, but both coming at them from relatable places. And uh, 
But the the side who says they want freedom are like, we're going to get freedom by blowing everything up. Yes, that makes them slightly less sympathetic. Exactly. Uh, and they've got these crazy little like thermal bombs that are just zipping around. Oh, yeah, they're cool. They're really cool. I mean, not really cool. No. But, you know. Uh, but you've got Yoda tech. here who's like force holding everything down and you've got Kanan and his uh, the the Jedi he's been working with because he's not quite a Padawan yet. He's a little too young, a no. little too unexperienced but there's a big old throwdown in here which is just a bunch of pages of awesomeness uh, cool Jedi stuff cool action adventure in the Star Wars manner, uh, a little cameo from some characters from the films and uh, you get to see a big turning point in Kanan's Jedi career uh, it's, it's a great issue really really cool from Star Wars to the Marvel Universe uh, animated, we get Marvel Universe Avengers Assemble, Season 2, Number 13, based on the hit TV show. It is based on the episode Avengers Last Stand, which was written by Eugene Sun and is adapted here by Joe Caramagna. Yeah. Mighty Thor, Number 1. Holy smokes. I love this issue. Um, first of all, it's got a gorgeous triple gatefold cover. So you can fold this thing out to your heart's content. It's got Thor. It's got all of her friends, all of her enemies, all of the people who aren't sure what to make of her yet. And at the middle of it all is Jane Foster. Now, now that we know Thor is Jane Foster, because that's a revelation that came at the very end of the pre-Secret Wars Thor series, we get to really dive into what's going on in Jane's life. As we know, Jane has cancer. So that is a big part of this book. Um, and... Full disclosure, it could be handled, you know, very clumsily, but Jason Aaron did his research, and, um, you know, as someone who had a relative who went through this recently, it's really spot on, and it's really sensitive, and it... The thing I was most interested in in learning in this issue was why... What are the mechanics of why Jane can become Thor but not cure herself? And we get a really thoughtful handling of it here. The dynamics of why being Thor not only does not help her cure her cancer, it actually hurts her. And the explanation is not just because magic. There, I mean, there is an explanation. It is magic because it's a magic hammer. But the further explanation of the process of what's going on, I was really impressed by the, uh, the thought that Jason put into it. Um, and it made it really even more poignant to see what Jane is struggling with in her civilian life and then also what she's doing as Thor and it makes her even more of a hero. Um, super credit to Russell Dowderman, the artist on this, as well as Matt Wilson who did the colors uh, for taking scenes that are just Jane sitting in a hospital or the first page is actually just syringes and equipment and making it just as compelling as later when you see Asgard and you see everything laid out and you see the big battles, um, it's all it's all good. I, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to get through this because it, it was really just, I don't know, it was just a touching issue to me. Um, as we get into that, that's the first part. That's the dealing with Jane stuff. But then we also have big, huge blockbuster action. You get, we're on a Roxxon space satellite, um, a weather satellite. And then out of nowhere, this light elf corpse floats into the scene and just says, so begins the War of Realms. Mm. Like, how freaking epic is that? And then we see there are just light elf bodies 
just cascading down from space. It is terrible. Um, Thor goes to prevent the weather satellite from crashing. We get to see her in action. We get to see a quick guest appearance from Iron Man, from Doctor Strange. Uh, apparently Iron Man has tried asking Thor out more than once. It is not going well for him to the point where even Doctor Strange, who, as we know, is a creeper. Yep, super um, creepy. He thinks it's creepy. And we also get to see... This This is quite an issue. It's a lot of issue. We get to see Thor and... Well, Jane and Volstagg in the Council of Realms talking to all the Dark Elves who they've accused of. You know, Mal Malkith is clearly behind this massacre of the Light Elves. We get to see all the different races. His designs, Doudermen are doing. Doudermen has... If you think about it, he's really only been working with us for a little over a year. And the amount to which he has quickly rocketed to become one of the best in comics is incredible. We learn where Freja is. She is not in a good place. Uh, we don't see Odin. And we actually don't see Odin's son either. So it's kind of up in the air what's going on with them. Uh, we do get to see Cull, the former serpent, who is at odds with Thor. And we would see a new gathering of villains in the Yawning Void, which is such a Jason Aaron thing. Love it. And last page reveal, someone, um. someone who Thor did not think she would need to deal with anytime soon, at least not in this capacity, she's going to have to. Great issue, art, writing, everything. Uh, I didn't want it to end. Yeah. But it had to because yes. it's a comic. Yes. Another awesome comic I didn't want to end is Ms. Marvel number one. Ba-boom. Yes. Yeah. Written by G. Willow Wilson with art. Uh, this is a giant size issue. Yep. 21 pages Exercised. of art by Takeshi Miyazawa. Incredible. And then another 10 pages of art by Adrian Alfona. Mm -hmm. It's like, what? We get all the good stuff and uh, colors by the amazing Ian Herring. Uh, so kicks off, remember, this is eight months later after the uh, end of Secret Wars. And we go, Boom. Kamala, she is a superhero of the highest order because she's rolling with the Avengers. Rolling and, deep. And uh, there's really cool stuff where she's fighting a giant rat that is like, uh, I don't know, ninja up a little bit. It's pretty great. We get to see. Uh, is this me or is that, that that's pretty much all Miss Marvel fights is giant, giant animal animals. creatures. I am which is fine. Thousand percent behind. She's fine. It. She's yeah. got her niche. Yeah. Uh, we've got that. You get to see that uh, maybe Tony Stark has been helping her with her homework a little bit, which mm -hmm. is awesome. Really cool touches. Uh, little bits and pieces that uh, came over from the previous series, like the Loki when Loki was part. Had there was a storyline with Loki oh, yeah. uh, as everything was going down at the school. Uh, there's some stuff that is carried over, and I think it's terrific. It's sort of like it makes Jersey City this cool, weird. Uh, interesting place, right. uh, and especially the school that she go that Kamala goes to. All her friends, we get to see uh, a big shock to Kamala's system. This uh, is cool. Yes, and we get a lot more of it in the back half of the book, yeah. which I know you're getting to. Yeah. So uh, Bruno, uh, who is the the fella who he would be love interest, yes, confessed his love for Kamala by the end of the last series, uh, is smooching on another gal. What? What? Yep. What? Uh, so Kamala is not having an easy time with that. We get to see lots of drama in high school. We get to see, uh, yes, uh, some craziness yep. in Jersey City. Uh, you know, you've got Kamala's personal ground level craziness. Then you get to see uh, that she's got all this Miss Marvel stuff that she has to deal with, whether it's with the <clears throat> Avengers or whether it's with 
she's kind of becoming a big deal in Jersey City, and we see how that plays out. She is a big deal in Jersey she City. She is. She is. We can see how that's playing out, both for for good or for ill uh, here in, and it's it's. There's lots of cool stuff in here. Amazing art by Miyazawa. I mean. The thing, one of the things I loved about um, Alfona's art in the previous series was all the little touches and stuff, the things that weren't integral to the story, uh, but he would just put in here and there, and you get a lot of that as well. Miyazawa stuff, but there's so much action, so much fun, great facial expressions, and just mm -hmm. emotion throughout. Uh, I can we, say one of the things as we're about to get into the Alfona stuff yeah. is that Kamala makes a really rude comment. Oh about yeah, about the girl, yeah. and it like pierced me because I'm like, that is really inappropriate. Yeah, but the thing is, that's what a teenage girl would do. Yeah, or it's, a teenage anyone would yeah, do. It wasn't and, really true. And Bruno was like, "What the hell?" Yeah, like and, that's not you. And she immediately felt bad about it. But it was, uh, it was, it was such a small little thing. Yeah, it's one line, but it really hammered home with me. Like, yes, this is the raw emotion is there. Yeah. And but yeah, but also just like this is a real this is this is how this is this is writing teenagers differently than writing adults. Yes, yeah, it, it's great. Um, what you said is, is spot on. Uh, we get into the Alfona stuff that gives uh, all the backstory to how this relationship came together. There's so much cool stuff to unpack in there, and uh, you guys will experience it. I don't want to spoil any of it because we don't just spoil we could just two. have a Bruno series. Yeah, Bruno and, and Mike. we wouldn't spoil Bruno and Mike. Bruno and Mike, terrific. Uh, Young love. Yes. Uh, and we get to see Kamala fighting a giant. Um, was it a frog? Armor <laughs> or like rocket launcher equipped frog, yeah. which is terrific. Uh, terrific. Ninja it, rats, armor frogs. So good. Jersey City is crawling with it. And you get to see Ghost Wolverine riding a ghost uh, oh. sloth with wings. So great. So I friggin' love that book. All right, New Avengers number three, written by Al Ewing, art by Gerardo Sandoval. Um, the New Avengers are back from their first mission, but up in space. Space! Something's going on where we see a bunch of Kree-Skrull hybrids, and this throws back, yes. Uh, why is our space sound the same as our ghost sound? Because both are very spooky. Fair enough. Know. Space is space is a creepy place to be on your ghosts own. in space. Exactly, exactly. So we've got more done. I, I mentioned the Kree Skrull hybrids. Um, they're looking for basically their savior, the guy who's prophesized to lead them back to prominence, get them back on top. But this guy Moradun, who is a ghost wizard of the fifth cosmos. Oh who, my God, is the best description. Um, if you read. The interview I did with Al Ewing earlier this week talking about ISO 8, you'll know what the fifth cosmos means. And if you haven't, I'm not going to tell you because you should go and read that interview. Ooh. It's on Marvel.com. It's delightful. We get some of the new Avengers in their downtime, but it goes pretty quickly into the Skrulls and the Kree coming to kidnap Hulkling, just like they tried to do way back in the original Young Avengers. There's a couple callbacks to that. We get the new Avengers against these aliens kind of showing off their stuff. We get stuff with the Wick and Hulkling relationship. They end up out in space, and there's some neat mythology, kind of sword in the stony type stuff with Hulkling and his ultimate destiny, which could be pretty big. Awesome. All right. 
on to uh, my section of the show, which is like five straight books because that's what I got to read. Well, there's one thing that's out of alphabetical order, so I'll, I'll relieve you okay. at, at one point. Right. Secret Wars 2, which is the Joker book. Gotta sell, we got we to gotta spell it out, though. Funny Secret time. Wars T-O-O. T-O-O. Yep. Uh, so this is the comedy book. Uh, we've got seven stories herein. So much stuff. Uh, the first story by Jonathan Hickman and Brian Chirilla, yep. which I love this Hickman one because he's, Hickman's the star of this one. Yeah. So he writes a story. He's literally the star. He's yeah. the main character of the story. He writes a story about his existential crisis about writing Secret Wars. Yeah, it's pretty uh, fun. With Doctor Doom as like this, just talking it through with him. It's really terrific, really funny. They eat uh, hot dogs and all kinds of stuff. Well, one of the meats hot dogs. One of the meats hot dogs. Doom can't get the hot dog through his uh, mouth yeah. slit. As he re- finally reveals the reason he doesn't eat hot dogs. It was great. We've been wondering for over 50 years. <laughs> uh, there's some. There's this panel here where uh, Doom is, like, talking to Hickman, and he's, like, basically, like, it gets really dark, and mm-hmm. then the next panel's like, Hickman, like, what? And then Doom's like, yeah, I'm just joshing. Ah, just joking, pal. Just joking. Uh, but it's really fun. Second I like I like the Jonathan Hickman, Dr. Doom dynamic. I would oh, like, great. I'd love to see more of it. Definitely read, uh, mm-hmm. definitely read more of it. Second one is uh, set in in, in Earth six seventeen realm. Oh, this is great. Uh, called the story is Great Incomprehensibility, uh, written by Al Ewing, art by Jacopo Camagni, and uh, it's it's a different take on the Spider Man mythos. Um, you've got Spider Man and the Thors, and uh, a twist with Uncle Ben, and just, then it just it just devolves into madness. Just when he walks into the house and Uncle Ben is dressed like a king, yep. that I was already laughing. It I didn't great. need any further explanation. Yeah, lots of wordplay in this. So much wordplay. So much wordplay. Third story is called Pizza Quest, mm-hmm. uh, written by Kate Leth, art by Brittany Williams. So that is the Patsy Walker, aka Hellcat team. So this is a little preview Ooh. of kind of the feel you will get from that series. Exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it stars Kate Bishop, the old-timey Kate yep. Bishop. Um, and 1602 uh, Kate Bishop, I believe. I think so, yeah, yeah. Yep. And uh, America Chavez from the A-Force realm. Uh, and they are going on a quest because Kate's like, pizza. Uh, hmm. I want some. I want yeah. pizza. Let's go. And she so, doesn't know what it is. Yeah. They, she doesn't. And they're in the middle of the, the shield and then craziness is going on all around them. Like, they didn't, apparently they didn't have pizza in 1602, which begs the question, when was pizza invented? Tucker? Tucker, please uh, look it up. Yep. Find yes, out. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, so we're going to... Should be noted Tucker is not... Oh, wait. No, he is doing yeah. something. Never mind. Um, we've got... Uh, them going on a quest for pizza. So it's a little bit of a tour through different realms. We get uh, Deadpool and uh, Devil Dinosaur. We get some... <laughs> the domain is some kind of jungle with Naked Wolverine. Well, it also says question mark. Yes. So uh, some kind of jungle? Yeah. With Naked Wolverine, Egyptia. Naked uh, Old Man Wolverine. Yes. Thank you. Uh, a rule 63, which is uh, there's always got to be a swapped genders, mm-hmm. uh, which is terrific. I love the expression on uh, Miss America's face mm-hmm. there. Uh, you get Killville, Doomguard, Manhattan. Uh, Manhattan, where we finally get the pizza, and it's a great little twist. It's a nice twist. Uh, I love how that story wrapped up. A lot of fun. And now my favorite story the of best the book. story ever. It's the last days of D-Man. And you, if you listen to the show, you know we're hot of affection D-Man. for D-Man. Love D-Man. We don't get enough of him. We're starting to. So glad it's that good. he's in yeah. Sam Wilson. Yeah. And we kind of learn how he's in Captain America here because he was dead last time we saw him. Yeah. And there's a 
there's enough of an explanation for me <laughs> that I'm perfectly happy to never tug at that string again. Yes. Uh, so the D-Man story is written by Kyle Starks, art by our boy Ramon Villalobos. Oh, so good. Uh, so you better believe there's wrestling action up in here. So much wrestling action. Yep. Uh, so it's uh, it starts off with Earth 616 before the final incursion. And boom, uh, D-Man is back. And he gets involved in some uh, supervillain battling. He goes to Avengers Mansion, talks to Jarvis. It's a nice little pep talk from Jarvis. I like that. That was such a sweet page. So it was sweet. like, oh my god, I love it so much. Uh, and then him and Rage. Yeah. How excited were you? Oh for that? boy. Oh. And the Rage actually acknowledges that he wears a luchador. Yes, yeah, it which was is great. Perfect. I, like this, I need this. I oh want yeah. This is a series constant. Do we? Who is Kyle Starks? Is he a newcomer? Or I, don't know. Some, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I love his work. Yeah. But we get wrestling action. We get D-Man. We get Rage. We get uh, a really cool little bit of action by the end. And then into the Secret Wars component of it. And it's just terrific. Yeah. It's awesome. Uh, it's, it's, it's a brilliant story. Yeah. Uh, another brilliant story is Galactus, hmm. uh, written and drawn and colored by Rob Guillory. What a talented so fellow. So awesome. And it's, it's this great. It, the domain is Hell's Kitchen's Kitchen. So yeah. it's just like... You know, a fun domain, and you've got Galactus, who's there. It's a behold a domain where Galactus rules Hell's Kitchen, and a small team of heroes forms a reluctant alliance with the World Devourer in order to save their world. You got Jessica Jones, which is uh, Galactus's herald. Yep. You got Daredevil, and you got Spider Man, and it's just hijinks because uh, in this domain, Galactus has a food blog, which is amazing. Yeah, why wouldn't he? His food blog blog got hacked by uh, the Social Justice Watcher. Which mm. I love it, and you get, um, you just get a whole bunch of craziness. They have to go find this uh, ultimate Wi-Fi device yep. to fix so everything, great. and Jessica and Spidey go after it. They go to Domain Six One Five, which is the Uncle Beniverse. Oh my God! And I'm not don't I don't want to say what the uh, the characters therein say, but yeah. I lost it. It was so good. There's action, there's adventure, there's. Uh, uh, kind of Avengers bit, and then how it all wraps up is amazing. It's uh, it's really really good. If you've been watching South Park this season, have you been watching? Mm -mm. I watched an episode last night, mm -mm. and I have to go back and watch the whole season because it was terrific. Okay. But if you're watching South Park this season, you're gonna get an extra bit of delight out of this whole oh, that, that whole story. Oh good. Anyway, on to the next one, The Bear Without Fear. Oh, this may... Oh, man. Written, drawn, and colored by Ryan Brown. This one's really good, too. Oh, my... This is a terrific issue. This yeah. is Domain... This is called Domain XXX. This one's so ridiculous. Uh, you've got three... Scott Scott Summers is going after uh, Wolverine. Because Wolverine. Wolverine has a date... What's that? One Wolverine. One Wolverine. He has a date with Jean Grey, and they're all super whiny and annoying. Yep. And Wolverine's Cyclopsy, like, if you will. Yeah. So uh, Wolverine's like super, super awesome. Yep. And then in jumps Bear Devil, the bear without fear. Mm -hmm. uh, and then there's just this crazy fight that turns awesomely horrific. This is a hard one to summarize without going beat by beat. I know what happens. I know. Uh, but we get to see, you know, the a little bit about this character, and then back and forth with other variations of other characters, but it's friggin' great. The best possible ending. Yes. So good. So, so good. Uh, last but not least. Last but not least, uh, Doom Behind the Tyranny, written, drawn, and colored by Eric Powell. This, I was... Which whoa. is the greatest, because yeah. I love Eric Powell. If you've not read The Goon, go get up in that. It's great stuff. Uh, but Eric Powell, amazing, and uh, it's uh, Doom shooting his reality show. Yeah, of course. Which... 
Perfect. And it is... It would be great for a reality show. Even the last page of this book, the uh, like next issue box is pretty uh, funny. Uh, please, save a couple, uh, couple bucks and buy yeah. this comic book. Tucker, what do you have for us? I have the uh, pizza answer for yes, you, please. which I'm going to read. Did you get uh, it from Wikipedia? I got it from uh, dictionary.reference.com. Nice, nice. And someone asked the question, what is the origin of pizza? And I'm going to answer, read the answer in an Italian accent because it only yeah, seems yeah, fair. Yeah, no, Actually, that makes sense. Not, it won't be offensive, <clears throat> of course. Supposedly, the the pizza was first created by the baker Raffaele Esposito in Naples. His creation was immediately a favorite, and Esposito was called to make a pizza for the visit of King Umberto and Queen Margherita of Italy in 1889. I was, the whole time, number one, brilliant. Yeah, that was, um, thank you so much. I was so concerned that the whole time I was like, well, the question we asked is, when was it invented? Yeah. You're giving all these details and then teasing right to the end. It was and I'm pretty Mwah. sure magnifique. We, I, I think we understood you, but I'm pretty sure the people on the podcast have, will have no idea oh, what yeah. you said. Absolutely not. Uh, I also want to play this segment for John Cirilli. Oh, please. Who <laughs> has lived in Italy for he lived in Italy for many years and yeah. speaks fluent Italian. He can tell us that this was spot on. Like I walk into our, I share an office with him. I walk in and he's on the phone with someone from Italy and yeah. it's just. You know, it sounds exactly like that. A hundred percent. Jacerelli, please don't fire me, please. <laughs> <laughs> so you say like, oh my God, it feels like I'm in Italy already, yeah. where he's going for like five weeks. Yeah, it's <laughs> terrific. Uh, all right, on to another book. We've got Spider Woman number one, written written by Dennis yeah. Hopeless. <laughs> Art by Javi Art and Colors by Javier Rodriguez. It's, it's the cover image is so striking they just decide you needed to see it twice. Yes, inks right by Alvaro Lopez and uh, spoilers. Spider Woman is pregnant. Yeah, super prego. In case you haven't seen any news that we've released on Spider Woman in the last six months. Yeah, uh, I do want to say I I absolutely love Javier Rodriguez's art and coloring. There's he does something slightly different in this issue. There's some different tones and and shadings that go on in some of the panels, especially. Yeah. There's this montage of Porcupine fighting some amazing villains, including Ruby Thursday and Shriek, uh, but. You had me at Ruby Thursday. Yeah, Ruby. Th that's all I needed. Yeah, I would. You know, we love Ruby Thursday. But there's this like couple of panels, and there's some really interesting stuff he's doing with shading there that is different from what we usually see. His use of blacks and negative space yes. is definitely very different. It's cool. So good. But uh, we get that Jessica is off on the sideline. She is like eight months pregnant, and she is really. It's been eight months since yes. uh, since we went away. She should not be. Uh, fighting and she's trying her best to not fight uh she's letting porcupine do it which sounds like a terrible idea but she has but trained the hell out of him yeah she has whipped him into shape to be an awesome superhero which is incredible mm -hmm. you've turned this d-list villain into a, an amazing supporting character in this book and like a cool viable hero mm -hmm. great work to uh dennis hopeless and crew and and everybody and then we get to see little flashbacks to the last couple months what it's been like for Jessica having to give up riding her motorcycle uh, being super a best friends heartbreaking friend. scene yes super best friends continually with uh, with uh, Captain Marvel um, we get to see various fights that uh, Porcupine has had over the course of time and how I like that flipping back to here in, in this flashback how we showed the preview art for this without context and she looks like she's wearing some weird bathing suit we find out it's much more than that oh yeah yeah that was yes just uh, which a, was great just a neat little touch yes it made perfect sense it was really cool lots of uh, interesting story stuff here uh, of course Ben you're 
Yurik's still part of the this. Ben Yurik, a great part of this book. Great part of this book. There's this really sweet moment with all with the three of them, mm-hmm. mostly Ben and Jessica, but it's really great. Uh, a great uh, maternity leave party. Yes. Uh, which is hilarious. Lots of fun stuff. Is that a thing? I don't know. Are, are maternity I've, leave I've never been thing? on maternity leave, so I've I can't say. I've never been on maternity leave. Tucker, Tucker. have you? No, I haven't. I'm sorry. <laughs> Italian, I mean, Tucker no. is, uh, Italian Tucker is the new hit yeah, of the show. Exactly. Tucker is now going to look up on dictionary.reference.edu or whatever <laughs> about maternity leave parties. Uh, but part of uh, what we find out in this book is that, yes, Carol uh, Danvers is now in charge of Alpha Flight, this crazy cool um, space military mm-hmm. thing. And she has told Jessica, hey, we have really great medical service here. Yeah. Uh, we've got space doctors and space doula. Is that what it is? Yep, a it's doula. a doula. Yep. Uh, My wife's we, a labor and delivery nurse. I can speak to this credibly. Great, great. And I'm, uh, I'm going to be hugely expert on Spider-Woman for the next few issues. Totally. Uh, Not like, at all. <laughs> it's like, Jessica, come here and let our doctors take care of you. And Jessica's like, I will do no such thing. Mm-hmm. No one tells me what to do. And she's like, all right. Feels like the best. Before you flip the page, another great Hawkeye cameo. Oh, great Hawkeye! Hawkeye was the king of cameos this week. Yeah, Hawkeye, Spider Gwen, Black Widow, right? Iron Man, like tons of great cameos up in this issue. Uh, and then we get to Jessica Drew going to this Alpha Flight uh, Medical Services. Uh, sh- huge shout out to panel layouts that mm. Javier does. There's this two-page spread that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten panels. Uh, if I counted right with numbers, and seems about right without checking your math at all. There's all this, and it looks great, but there's this really simple touch that he does across the right side of the page. Yes, and I loved it. It's really, really simple, and and uh, a minor thing that doesn't affect the story, but it's so friggin' cool. Then boom, we go into seeing what the Alpha Flight medical facility looks like. It's incredible. Yeah, it's it's like if you could imagine how big and crazy and weird that would be. It's there. It's great. Looks amazing. Uh, uh, we get to see this one of Guardians people, Chad. What? No, no, no. Um, right. The oh, Star Jammer. That, but that guy looks like one of Chad's people. Yeah, one of Chad's people, and uh, uh, the Stentorians, Stentians, something like Strontians? that. Strontians. Maybe. Strontians. Strontians. Yes, that's Gladiator's people. Yeah, Gladiator, like a pregnant one of them. It's like yep. really little. Like tons of cool stuff up in here, lots of little Easter eggs and, and various things, and uh, dun dun dun, crazy drama right at the end. What a great like epic way to end that issue. For some reason, the waiting room at um, Alpha Flight's maternity wing reminded me of the waiting room in for the Black? after no oh. for the afterlife in Beetlejuice. Oh, yeah, just because there's all these crazy wacky characters yeah, yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Star Lord number one, written by Sam Humphreys, art by Javier Garon. Colors by Antonio Fabella and Frank D'Armada. This is Star-Lord, Year One, Chapter One. There was a shotgun cocking because it sounded like that's what we needed. So if you guys enjoyed Brian Bendis' look back at the early days of Star-Lord back in Guardians of the Galaxy, I believe it was issue 0.1 or 0. Was it, it was somewhere with somewhere, Steve McNiven? Yeah, part? yeah. It was somewhere between zero and one. Yeah, definitely um, on that spectrum. It was in that spectrum. This picks up where that left off. Peter Quill is now a young man. He has lost his mother. He does not know where his father is. He is obsessed with getting into space. And we get to see Sam Humphreys, who knows this character well, writing very much in the voice of Peter, as he is a custodian 
for, I don't know if it's explicitly said that it's NASA. It's some sort of, you know, space agency. Um, yeah, it's NASA, NASA Ops. Um, so they've, they've retrieved a Cree rocket and no one can seem to figure out how to get it into space. Peter's convinced he can do it. The woman who is running the whole shebang is an old friend of his mom's. That's why he's allowed on the base. That's why he's allowed to be a custodian, even though he flagrantly breaks the rules all the time. And we get to see kind of an unsure Peter, a sad Peter. And Garon does a great job with the facial expression, showing how kind of like just forlorn he is that he just like he doesn't have a path in life. The only thing he wants to do is get into space, and he can't even quite understand why he wants to get into space but he's singularly driven he doesn't want his mother to have died for nothing and he is convinced that he can be the one to take this ship into space um it's just great character stuff that's purely what it is at this point you know we get some stuff with spaceships with aliens and that's all to come but this issue is really just a stripped down look at peter quill and it's something i feel like we've demanded it's you know star lord is such a popular character now but his past is a little murky. This is a definitive take on the making of Peter Quill and how he became Star-Lord. Yeah. All right, on to more Star Wars with Star Wars number 12, written by Jason Aaron, art by Stuart Eminen, Wade Von Graubadger, and Justin Ponsor. Uh, kicking things off, we are on the moon Nar Shada. This is the smuggler's moon, and all kinds of bad stuff is happening to our heroes, our favorite characters. You got Dengar, who has just been thrown down with Chewie and C-3PO. Tucker loves Dengar. Who huge, doesn't? Huge Dengar. Right? right? Yeah. Yeah, Dengar is, and like the last... <laughs> bit has really solidified how awesome Dengar could be. Like yeah. just total badass. Uh but now he's surround he's he's got to face off against Han, Leia, Chewie, uh Sona, like all these characters now and it's a great ending to that battle that kicks us right into where uh the rest of the the characters have to go and save Luke who's in this like gladiator ring. He's fighting this giant monster uh and then boom 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 everything starts going crazy because Surprise, surprise, uh, there's a character who has betrayed Gracchus the Hutt uh, oh. because he's been working undercover. I really loved Gracchus in this issue. Oh, my gosh. And Gracchus is like, you're a jerk. I don't yeah. like you, but I'm going to kick your ass, Yeah, essentially. But also, uh, like, he's just like, I'm not like other Huts yeah. who just sit around and laze. Like, I've, I've got offensive capabilities. Yeah, you think this ring of lightsabers is just a, a, a necklace? No. Oh, no. Nope. Oh, much more, my I'm friend. Fight. Uh, so there's craziness. You've got R2 being awesome and cute and doing all kinds of fun stuff. Gracchus throwing down stormtroopers and all kinds of troopers. Uh, lightsabers galore. Uh, there's this incredible moment. Oh here. yeah! And it's like you can hear the the, the lighting up of the lightsabers. And yeah. It's just the music swells and it's just like big it's, old throwdown. It's such a oh this would have been cool if they did it in the movies but they never got a chance to do it in the movies so we'll do it here. Yeah and we're going to make it super awesome. Yeah. Uh, big old battle happens. Uh, Leia gets an awesome moment. You get a big explanation bit with Sana uh, finding out exactly what her deal is. Uh, Gracchus captured. Uh, Stormtroopers answering to Mr. Lord Vader and a really cool last couple of beats right there that kicks us directly into Vader down. 
Which, fancy enough, oh! we have the first issue of Star Wars Vader Down. Well, there you go. Yeah, written by Jason Aaron, art by Mike Diodato, colors by Frank Martin Jr. Now, this is uh, a crossover between Star Wars and Darth Vader. Kicks off in this Vader Down, number one, but then we go back and forth between Darth Vader and Star Wars uh, over the next couple issues. It's a six-part thing. But the first issue, written by Jason Aaron, art by Diodato and Martin Jr., is incredible. It is... If I will be so bold, mm-hmm. the single greatest uh, display of how amazing Darth Vader is, in my mind, in any piece of Star Wars fiction. Wow. That includes the movies. I wow. love the movies. And I like I absolutely love, love, love the movies. And I think Vader is always a cool character. This, hands down to me, is like, holy crap. I was reading this and I was just like, oh my god, oh my god. Oh my god, Vader. Did you get to read this yet, Tucker? No, I haven't. Oh boy. Yeah, I'm really excited. There is, like, all these scenarios that Vader gets put in in here uh, that you're just like, okay, maybe you can get out of it. And you're like, oh yeah, this guy is unstoppable. Mm-hmm. He is a nightmare walking. A force of nature, if you, if will. you will. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, there's this giant battle as uh, Vader is heading to uh, Rogas Vas. Uh, it's a temple where there's a former Jedi temple. Um, there's a, they say a, temple, a planet where there's a former Jedi temple. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been told to go there from information he's gathered from Dr. Afra, uh, one of his, his allies, and uh, from some of his own interrogations. He, he gets there and boom... Uh, the rebels are there, mm-hmm. uh, cir- doing some just general maneuvers, and they're like, "Oh, hey, look at this stupid Tie Fighter! Ha ha ha! This guy, let's let's tag him and, and what a fool! Yeah. What what a rube! What a rube! We'll take him down. It'll what be a great. mark! And then uh, they realize slowly that oh, this isn't just a Tie Fighter. That's Vader. And then it's like sheer terror uh, because he cannot be stopped. The only one who actually has a chance, Mr. Luke. Skywalker yes. happens to be there. Familiar with his work. Uh, but there's this like crazy moment where uh, uh, one of the Rebels pilots goes, I think we got him, people, though the price was steep. And then you flip the page, and it's this two-page spread. Yep. And it's like Diodato and company killed. It's silent, and it's horrifying. This is our second uh, dead bodies floating in space double-page spread of the week. Yeah. It's Yay. a new record, let's say. Uh, Sadly, it's probably not. <laughs> Rogus Voss, uh, we then go to the surface of the planet uh, as we see, you know, everybody's maneuvering to find Vader to try to figure out what's going on. We get to shift over to Han and Leia who are, you know, headed with the rest of the rebels and they realize we got to go over there too. Uh, we got to help find Luke because he's over there. Uh, really cool stuff. Everything is sort of coming together. Dr. Afra uh, with the evil, awesomely murderous uh, droids. They have their own. It's kind of cool that as well. Jason gets to write them here. Yes. So this is the first time someone other than Kieran Gillen has gotten to write the new Darth Vader supporting cast. Oh, so good. Uh, we get to see Vader continue. Like, there's this two page spread right here. Yep. That is just incredible. Like, this needs to be put on film. Because it's so incredible, and I think everyone needs to experience Darth Vader in this uh, issue. Here, he gets Vader surrounded by rebel forces, and they're like, you are surrounded. And then he goes, all I am surrounded by is fear and dead men. And it's just like, so good. So good. I can't stand it. This book is incredible. 
Let's wrap things up with a pair of uncanny books. First of all, Uncanny Avengers Annual number one, written by James Robinson, art by Mark Lemming with Jose Gillis, colors by Jordan Boyd with Veronica Gandini. This is what Jason, uh, Jason Aaron just wrote that last book. Yeah. It's what James Robinson does so well. It's a split story between the Golden Age and the present day. Uh, there was a team called the Department of the Uncanny that included Agatha Harkness, the Ghost Dancer, the Emerald Warlock, all these characters who... Young Agatha Harkness. Young Agatha Harkness. Hello. Just hello, lady. Uh, so they have an adventure back in the World War II days, fighting this evil witch, working alongside Captain America, some of the invaders, and then flash forward to the present, uh, the Emerald Warlock and Ghost Dancer are still around. They get recruited by the modern-day Uncanny Avengers, specifically Steve Rogers, Doctor Voodoo, and Quicksilver, to go and deal with the remainder of the adventure they didn't wrap up. But there's a twist at the end, and of all things, it leads into James's Scarlet Witch series. Awesome. So this is, if you're looking forward to that, this is a nice primer for that. Finally, we have got Uncanny Inhumans, number two, written by Charles Soule, pencils by Steve McNiven, inks by Jay Lyston, colors by Sonny Goh. I would be remiss if I did not point out that the first scene of this issue, which picks up right where the first issue last left off, is just a standoff between Black Bolt and Human Torch, basically having a pissing contest because they're trying to be like, mm, I was with Medusa, no, no, I'm with Medusa now, and Medusa just being like, ugh. You guys just deal with your men are the worst. Exactly, deal with your deal with your stuff. But there is a great bit where Black Bolt pulls Johnny Storm aside, points to his heart, grabs a candle, snuffs out the candle, and then keeps walking. And Johnny's like, "Yeah, that seems pretty clear." <laughs> um, the dilemma that the Inhumans are facing is that Kang is targeting them from the past. It actually is a pretty brilliant plan, wherein the Inhumans are in the present having a meeting, trying to figure out, okay, what's our state of affairs? How do we deal with Kang, all this stuff? And then they just start disappearing. And people can't remember uh, who disappeared. And you realize, oh my God, Kang is picking off the Inhumans by destroying their ancestors. So how do they deal with this? Luckily, Beast is there. He has a little experience with time travel as of late. So he is uh, particularly attuned to this. Of course, he wants to once again mess with time, showing that he just has learned Nothing. We had a nice mix of new humans and classic inhumans working together to solve the Kang problem. They go into the past, and once they get there, the Kang they think they are facing is not the Kang they thought they were going to face. It's a different kind of Kang. It's a different kind of battle. Inhumans have a lot in front of them on their plate. And that is all the books that we read this week. 96 issues came out this week. Oh, my God. Almost to 100. Yeah. Tucker, did you keep track? Y yes. Good job. <laughs> All right, Twim of the Week. Star Wars Vader Down. Yep, and Mighty Thor for me. Yeah. Easy fix. What a week, too. Packed week and still no hesitation on oh either of those gosh. picks. I also, you got to get Spider-Woman and Star-Lord, Ms. Marvel, mm -hmm. Black Knight. All the debuts. All the debuts. Uh, so many good books. So many good books. But I will fight someone over Vader Down. I, you should fight Tucker. No, Tucker. I know Tucker. Tucker He's going to be 100% Tucker's all board. good. But is Italian Tucker. Is Italian Tucker a Star Wars fan? Eh, hey, I could take it or leave it, oh, wow. to be wow. honest. Wow, that's a hot take. Yeah. <laughs> all right, collections on sale this week. We've got A-Force, Volume 0, War Zones, all-new X-Men, Volume 6, The Ultimate Adventure, Captain Marvel and the Carol Corps, Guardians of Nowhere, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 4, Original Sin, Korvac Saga, War Zones, 
Marvel Zombies Battle World, Ms. Marvel Volume 4 Last Days, Silver Surfer Epic Collection Volume 3 Freedom, and Star Freedom. Wars <laughs> Star Wars Journey to Star Wars The Force Awakens Shattered Empire Star Wars 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 Speaking of Star Wars, we'll get back to that in a minute, but the digital comics on the app this week include everything we spoke about with the exception of Dark Tower and Marvel Universe Avengers Assemble, but also includes Deadpool and Cable Split Second Infinite Comic Number 3. Also on the app this week, Elektra issues 1 through 10 from the 2001 volume, Iron Man number 36 from the 1988 volume, She-Hulk Cosmic Collision, Silver Surfer number 1 through 14 from 1987. Are you ready? Here we go. Star Wars Empire 1 through 40, Star Wars Invasion 0 through 5, Star Wars Invasion Rescues 1 through 6, Star Wars Invasion Revelations 1 through 5, Star Wars Rebellion 1 through 16, Supervillain Classics number 1, Ultimate Spider-Man Infinite Comic number 24, and then What If number 22 through 30 from 1977. Yeah. My hope is that we're getting close to the end of that original What If series. Oh, yeah. My hope oh. is that they finished the, the 1970s What If series and, and they're like, well, the, guess we got to go into the 90s series. That one was so good. The 80s and 90s series. That was the bread and butter, man. Because that is my jam. Right Jam, there. jam, jam. So much jam. Uh, digital collections on the app. We've got A-Force Volume 0, War Zones, Captain, Ameri Captain Marvel and the Carol Corps, <laughs> Captain America Not Featured, Ghost Rider Volume 4, Revelations, Gravity. Cool. That's a good throwback. Guardians of Nowhere, Herc. The Complete Series by Greg Pak and Fred Van Lente. Yeah. Hulk Visionaries, Peter David, Volume 2. Iron Man, Director of S.H.I.E.L.D. with Iron Hands. Korvac Saga, War Zones, Marvel Zombies, Battle World, Miss Marvel, Volume 4, Last Days. Secret Wars 2099, Silver Surfer, Epic Collection, Freedom. Star Wars, Journey to Star Wars, The Force Awakens, Shattered Empire, Adventure, Star Wars. Wolverine, Dark Wolverine, Volume 1, The Prince. All right, freshly digitized on Marvel Unlimited, we've got A-Force, number one, Avengers World, number 21, uh, Daredevil, 15.1, Marvel Universe Guardians of the Galaxy, number four, Ms. Marvel, number 15, uh, Night Nurse, number one, which is... That was a collection that we put out uh, okay. a little while ago. Thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, Night Nurse, number one, Secret Wars, number two, Silk, number four. Spider-Man, 2099, number 12. Storm, number 11. Thor, number eight. Uncanny Avengers, number four. And Wolverines, number 18. Uh, what a world. You can already read Secret Wars number two on Marvel Unlimited. It's incredible. What a world. Uh, let's get some news action going. And now, from Marvel Headquarters, it's this week in Marvel News. Woo! What do we got, Ben? All right, comics news. Mentioned earlier the ISO 8 article that I did with Al Ewing, digging deep into this incredible new element of the Marvel Universe. You've seen it in Ultimates. You saw a bit of it in New Avengers. You've seen a lot of it in Contest of Champions. It's going to show up other places. You need to know what ISO 8 is. It's already big in Marvel games. It's going to be huge in Marvel comics as well. Can I eat it? I mean, you can. You can eat anything, technically. I, I mean, I, like, can you eat it with no ill effect? Sure. I don't know. Mm. There's still so much more we need to learn about yep. ISO 8 before we can start putting okay. it on pizzas and whatnot. Oh, I need. I am going to have to have pizza today. ISO 8 pizza. Yeah. Ask ask whoever you go to for that. Just see what they do. Give me the ISO 8 to pizza. Yeah. They just put pineapple on it. Yeah. Um, we had a bunch yeah. of sketchbooks. Uh, my favorite was the Squadron Supreme one with Leonard Kirk. He is a brilliant artist and also a very interesting dude. 
More Marvel 92 variant covers. These are so awesome. There is a Mark Bagley variant for Web Warriors, which is just full on everyone in the clone saga <laughs> drawing. Uh, there's Rob Liefeld Deadpool one. There's J. Scott Campbell doing, uh, who did he, oh, he did uh, an old Carol Danvers Miss Marvel to put on the cover of Miss Marvel. More from Bagley. He did Spider Woman, Julia Carpenter. It's all brilliant. And speaking of that realm, Deadpool, Bad Blood. This is a new original graphic novel uh, from Rob Liefeld. He uh, just yeah. did just did that Deadpool cover I was talking about. Also happened to co-create Deadpool. Yeah. So there you go. Chris Sims and Chad Bauer from X-Men 92 are joining him as well. They did an interview on it. It sounds like it's going to be a real hoot nanny. This is going to be amazing. If yeah. Gideon isn't in this, I am going to have to fight someone. Tucker, again? Sure. All right. Yeah. Finally, okay. Reason to find That's Tucker. what I'm here for. Jumping over to games, uh, we got a lot of cool additions. We have Ghost Rider, Johnny Blaze is now in Marvel Puzzle Quest. All sorts of cool Netflix content, basically, from our TV shows that are on Netflix has come to with various games. In Future Fight, you can now play as Jessica Jones. In addition, you can get the Daredevil costume from Marvel's Daredevil on Netflix. Over in Contest of Champions, again, Marvel's Daredevil on Netflix, that costume has come to Marvel Contest of Champions. Uh, on the toy side, we've got a whole slew of uh, Daredevil TV Funko Pop figures. Uh, so you got the Masked Vigilante, you got Daredevil himself, and you got Wilson Fisk, plus a little pocket pop keychain Daredevil. Uh, so we got all that stuff. We'll pop in your pocket. Yeah, you can check out the photos of that guy, uh, all those guys, on Marvel.com. Uh, plus we got a Munchkin Marvel edition. Munchkin, uh, you might have seen the ads oh, in yeah. our comics. Yeah, it's uh, like a board game type of thing, and uh, the kids play it. And then they I do. Think you keep looking to Tucker for like confirmation. Yeah, like you, right, right. You Munchkin, play, you play Munchkin. You're right? into that. I'm a kid. Yeah. Uh, See, so the Munchkin game, there's a new Marvel edition. Ryan tried to flip through Vader down to find it and yeah. gave up after about <laughs> six pages. Yeah, like, uh, oh, let's uh, go from the front. Let's see what we got. Yeah, uh, the, I've seen the ads in so many books, and I, I know. maybe they're not in the books this Maybe week. not in the Star Wars books, because they have Star Wars ads in them as well. Oh, all right. Anyway, Munchkin Marvel edition, check that out. Uh, what else we got? A bunch of Jessica Jones, Daredevil, and Deadpool merch coming out. Uh, we just put out a little cool press release with, like, cool stuff you can get from like Cafe Press and Hot Topic and all kinds of places. Check all that stuff out. You want more Jessica Jones, Daredevil, and Deadpool merch, it's on the way. Uh, on the like sort of live events side, which I hinted at in the intro, mm. uh, Superhero HQ is now open at Disneyland. Oh, uh, cool. So the same building that houses the Star Wars launch bay is also home to Superhero HQ. Very on nice. the first floor, you get your Star Wars fix, you walk upstairs, Boom, you've got a uh, meet and greet with Thor, which is terrific. I took a couple photos on the uh, on the throne Ooh. of Asgard, and I looked pretty great, if I do say so Makes myself. Sense. Uh, Natural fit. Yep. You could see a bunch of props and weapons from uh, the Thor films there, which is really cool. Uh, you've got the Iron Man Hall of Armors there. Uh, with a cool little Iron Man experience. Some of that stuff, yes, would have been in that building before when it was Innoventions, but now it's done up in a, like such a really cool way. Uh, there's also the vault 
which is this cool section that's going to have a bunch of characters and a bunch of various things that you can do over there. Uh, lots of stuff on display. There's a cool Marvel store. People are asking, oh, where can I get the Marvel stuff? And there was a little store previously in Tomorrowland. Now there's a bigger store with tons of stuff. We were actually looking at it. They have comics there. They have toys and they have clothing and they have really cool stuff. Uh, so get your fix at Superhero HQ. There's also this really cool, like, tech uh, thing there at Superhero HQ where, so you, if you have uh, a relatively recent iPhone or Samsung phone or some other types of smartphones and you want a case, you can go up to this section, we, you can go up to this place and pick uh, from dozens of Marvel images and they're, we're actually, I was asking the guys from the Marvel side, hey, can we add this? Can we add this? Can we add this? And they said, yes, we're going to be adding tons more art to these uh, things. You can pick uh, your phone, pick a case, pick an image, have it made within moments and walk over and pick it up. And it's really cool. Uh, you know, you want Kamala, Ms. Marvel on your phone case. I kind of want Kamala, the Ugandan nightmare. Yeah. And Miss Marvel yeah. sharing a phone case. That would be amazing. Yes. High-fiving? Yeah. We need Ramon Villalobos to make that piece of art. Ramon. Ramon. Ramon, if you can hear me, please draw Kamala meeting Kamala. Yes. Or Rob Guillory. Those are the two biggest wrestling Rob. fans that I know. Rob, if you can hear me, <laughs> please draw Kamala meeting Kamala. Please. We will pay you in zero money because yeah. we don't have money Tucker for Tucker will get you a coffee. Yeah. Uh, one that you must coffee. that you must pay for. Uh, but Superhero HQ really cool. There's also like Disney Infinity stuff there. Uh, go to Disneyland, check it out, and that's just the beginning. There's always going to be more. We're we're working on tons of cool stuff when it comes to what we're doing in the parks. So pretty neat. Pretty neat. Yeah. Speaking of pretty neat, let's head over to the West Coast. It's the West Coast. Show me the Wolfman. It's the West Coast. Show me the Wolfman. It's the West Coast. Show me the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, baby. Hello there, this week in Marvelites. This is Marvel.com editor Mark Strom, joined by... Marvel.com assistant editor Patrick Cavanaugh. For another thrilling installment of the Stromy and the Wolfman show, starring the Wolfman and Stromy. Uh, this week, let's kick things off with... Well, we normally kick things off with uh, TV. So this week, Patrick, we're going to kick things off with movies. What is happening this week in Marvel movies? Marvel's Ant-Man now available on Digital HD and Digital 3D and Disney Movies Anywhere. Wow. Were you trying to keep a beat to that? Or I think just... so. Maybe. I don't okay. know. I was thinking in, in my mind like when a big important headline pops on screen and it's like, you know, woman saves kitten from tree. Except... This ended up having far more words like than, more I, words. than I thought. It doesn't quite work that way. So to celebrate all uh, the fact that Marvel's Ant-Man is now available on digital HD, digital 3D, and Disney Movies Anywhere, we've been posting a few different clips. We've been posting some deleted scenes featuring commentary from Peyton Reed and Paul Rudd. Uh, Paul Rudd's in the movie. Believe it or not, Paul Rudd is in the movie. Yes. I'm there. Yes, Paul Rudd, uh, as introduced by Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers. That is true. He was, that was his first movie. And his credit is introducing Paul Stephen Rudd, I believe. I, I think so. I think that was his credit in that movie. Is Paul Stephen Rudd. Uh, yeah, so make sure to just buy that. Not Halloween 6. 
<laughs> the Curse of Michael yeah, Myers. No, don't, don't, yeah. I mean, if you're going to buy either of those, make sure you get the producer's cut because I find that to be superior. But only buy that if you've already bought Marvel's Ant-Man on digital HD or Disney Movies Anywhere and you get all sorts of cool features, uh, some of which we've posted on the net. Yeah. All right. Well, moving from film over to TV, it's been kind of a big week in TV. I don't know where to start. Let's start with Marvel's Jessica Jones, which, as you are, if you are listening to this when we post the podcast, we are mere hours away from debuting all 13 episodes of the series only on Netflix. They launch at 12.01 a.m. Pacific Time this Friday, November 20th. Um... As Patrick can attest, we have been able to see a good chunk of the series, and it is quite stellar. If you don't believe us, just do a Google search for great. Uh, Jessica Jones reviews because they have all been pretty phenomenal. I'm very happy with the reception that the show is getting. Can I, can I give my review? Yeah, sure. Give your review. I'm going to say that it's like if David Fincher had made Veronica Mars. So for any of you out there familiar with either David Fincher or Veronica Mars, which I'm sure you are, because one is a great TV series and one is a fantastic filmmaker, uh, then this show's right up your alley. You think superheroes, you think capes, you think masks, but that's not the case with this show. And Mike Coulter's fantastic, and Christian Ritter's fantastic, Carrie Ann Moss, everybody's great. It's awesome. Rachel Taylor, I love it. fantastic. David Tennant. David Tennant. Such a creep. Super, super Such creepy. a creepo. Oh, God. He, if Did, you only know David Tennant from Doctor Who. Where he was the fourth doctor. Not the fourth doctor. He's I know. I just want to get people angry. Or tenth or something. I, I can't know. believe you said the fourth doctor. Uh, if you only know David Tennant from Doctor Who, um, we apologize for ruining your memories of those years forever because you will never be able to rewatch those episodes again without thinking that's that creepy, creepy, creepy Kilgrave. dude from... Jessica Jones. If you're a big fan of David Tennant from the Fright Night remake from 2011, we got news for you. He does not play a Lord of Illusions on the Vegas Strip. No. No. Um, so to celebrate all that, this week we've uh, there are a couple of new clips. I know for sure two clips will have launched by the time that we release this, both of them featuring David Tennant as Kilgrave being super creepy. Um, we may have more. I'm not quite so sure on the timing of them, so I'll just tease you with that. Uh, we are, by the time you're listening to this, we have probably launched or are on the verge of launching the opening title sequence, debuting the opening title sequence online to the show, which is a very lush, very noir, very evocative, sort of jazzy uh, opening title sequence, very much uh, fitting with the tone of the overall series. And I'm trying to think. We had the premiere. We had the world premiere of Jessica Jones this past Tuesday in New York. So you can go online to Marvel.com and see a photo gallery of us, all the stars at the event. And we will have some videos that Lorraine and our crew shot there with these stars, with Kristen Ritter, Mike Coulter, David Tennant, Richard Taylor. Uh, I'll be honest, they are actually recording those interviews as we are recording this. So you have no this. idea. So I don't know the full list of people that they uh, that they got, but we will be rolling those out over the course of the next week or so. So keep an eye out for those. Yeah. yeah. 
Can I can I air a grievance? What's your grievance? Uh, now, of all the reviews, you know, I did I did see like one just I saw one review that in a negative way said Jessica Jones hits noirish staples. Now, to me, isn't the fact that it includes noirish elements just enough? Why is that a bad thing? I don't right? know. Who has uh, as a huge fan of noir? Right. Why you, is a show hang noir staples a bad thing? Exactly. I, I have it. no idea. Yeah, that's so. You said noir, and that made me think of yeah. If you like film noir, if you like the noir tone in general, you're a fan of Chinatown. You're a fan of yeah, so L.A. Confidential. You're a fan of. Uh, 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 Jessica Jones, Marvel Just, Jessica Jones. <laughs> well, no, out of the past, out of the past, the Robert Mitchum movie. That's what I was trying to think of. Uh, any of those types of movies, Raymond Chandler. Right. Uh, so, so if Jim Thompson, Jim Thompson's actually a pretty to good say, hey, you know what, this show hits noirish themes. That should only be considered a cool thing. It is very, in it is my a very cool thing. Sorry to derail the podcast. No, uh, in TV, we oh, well, I've, yes. before we leave completely. Okay. Uh, Jessica Jones, she has these superpowers. She doesn't want necessarily everybody to know that she is a superhero or that right. she has superpowers, and she tries to keep a low profile with her day job as a private investigator. So to celebrate Marvel's Jessica Jones premiering Friday, November twentieth, uh, we posted a listicle that highlights the fifteen most unique and memorable day jobs of Marvel superheroes. So from your typical like Heroes for Hire, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist, Peter Parker, Peter Parker. There's some some very well known professions. Steve Rogers, commercial illustrator. Exactly. Or, you know, the fact that Dazzler's a pop singer or the lawyers of the Marvel Universe or the Olympic skiers or actors, stunt performers. Check out that list to see some of the the cooler day jobs to see how some of those superheroes pay their rent. Yep. And jumping over to Marvel's Agent Carter, we announced the season premiere date for that. That will be Tuesday, January 5th. We will have a two-hour season premiere. We also revealed the first photo from season two, which features Peggy literally landing in. She is stepping off of the plane into Los Angeles, which is, of course, where our second season is set. And what's cool is I was looking at the uh, the poster that we released for San Diego? New York Comic Con. Was it New York Comic Con? The one that Chris Anka drew or the one that was the I think it was the San Diego one. It was the one I think it was, yeah, that's I'm thinking of the San Diego one where you can see the sign said Hollywood Land Yes. in the background. Yes, that's that's the Chris Anka poster. Yes, because I was like that seems a little bit off and then I remembered, oh, in that time period no, that sign did say Hollywood Land. Yeah, it's Hollywood Land up until what 48 49 yeah 49. It, i mean it wasn't hollywood land for that long no it wasn't in the in, in the, the spectrum of exactly hollywood history but no it was hollywood land up until 48 or 49 and yeah. our series is send 47 so there so. you go that's why it said hollywood land uh fun yes. piece of trivia for things i noticed around the office Anyway, uh, we also announced as part of that that Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., after their midseason finale, they'll be returning Tuesday, March 8th, at the regular time slot of 9, 8 central. 
Um, and speaking of Marvel's Agents of Shield, we had a new episode this week. Uh, we had a there were some big revelations about the mythology of Hydra. We spoke with the writers of the episode, uh, executive producer Jed Whedon and story editor DJ Doyle, um, for this week in Marvel's Agents of Shield, and they sort of gave us a peek behind the episode. Um, we should warn you that there is no new episode next week uh, due to Thanksgiving and the holidays, but we will be back with a new episode in two weeks on December 1st at our regular time, Tuesday, 9, 8 central on ABC. And it's the lead up to the mid-season finale, and there is literally nothing I can say about this episode that is not a spoiler, so I can't say anything other than if you don't want to be spoiled on anything that happens in it, you pretty much are going to have to watch it live. Um, and I, don't, I think that wraps everything up. Is there anything else we need to talk about? Is oh. there any new animation this week? I, uh, yeah. Oh, we still have more Guardians of the Galaxy. Talk we about do, Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, hopefully in just a minute or two, you'll hear a little bit more about uh, what's happening this week in Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy because uh, tentatively we'll be chatting with somebody. I don't want to give away too many details because... Because you don't know them. Because I don't know who they are. I've never met them. Uh in case that doesn't happen, just make sure to tune in to a brand new episode of Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy this Saturday at 9.30 p.m. You'll get to see Rocket's family. Aw, you saw their family in the short. I know, but you'll get to see Rocket spend more time with his family. Rocket... That's such a heartbreaking moment in those shorts where he's like, Mom! And the mom just, like, runs past him, doesn't even recognize him. Rocket and Groot get kidnapped by the evil organization that was responsible for the experiments that turned Rocket into the lovable scamp that he is now. And this episode features the, the reunion of the... The Rocket family? The, the Raccoons? The, the, the Raccoon family? The, the, ra- the Rockettes? Yes, the Rockettes have a special uh, special appearance. You so make sure to, to somewhere in animation. I'm pretty sure that name is already taken. Fair they enough. They might want to change it before it airs. So uh, this Saturday, tune into that. And if you've been watching the series and you think, man, I just really wish Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, this animated series, had a really cool t-shirt then you should run over to your computer and submit what you think should be on a marvel's guardians of the galaxy t-shirt featuring artwork inspired by the animated series head to our website or uh the web the we love fine we love fine.com we love fine slash what what patrick who knows is, what what patrick is trying to say is we love fine is putting on a competition absolutely for, for t-shirt designs for based on the animated series marvel's guardians of the galaxy that's how you properly tee these things up with context no the only the only part that threw me off was trying to think of the url of the we love fine contest uh-huh, which is sure real confusing so i am not going to even try but the contest runs until the first week of january so uh just do some googling and you'll find out more information about that contest bonus points if you find a picture of the wolfman online and incorporate his face into your design ab so fruitly yes even if you had just stopped at finding a picture of the wolfman online 
That's a challenge in and of itself. Yeah, because typing in Wolfman Instagram is really hard. Yeah, but then you'll just get like I, I don't post pictures of myself on the net. I'm yes, not, you do. Listen, Def- definitely. You if you find my MySpace, your, your girlfriend at the very least does. If you find my MySpace or my Friendster account, you might find some some photos there. But anyway, we're getting a little off topic because that's not the only new animation that's been on TV this week. We are running at 15 minutes because Let's wrap this up. earlier this week we debuted. Lego Marvel Superheroes Avengers Reassembled Exclamation Point. That was on Disney XD. However, if you missed the airing, you can go on our website, you can go on our Facebook, and watch all those shorts kind of just broken down into uh, four to five minute chunks. And if you love Legos, excuse me, I'm really embarrassed that I just said Legos because Legos are not objects. They are Lego sets. So I'm glad I clarified. If you like Lego in general or Lego sets or Lego bricks, then uh, you should watch it because it's the signature humor that you know and love. Okay, great. Uh, We are like at, I don't know, 30 minutes right now. So I'm going to skip. We very quickly jumped from almost 15 to almost 30. <laughs> I'm just going to, you know what, we're just going to skip straight to the I apologize to the wolf, for the Wolfman part of our sign-off, and we will chat with you guys again in seven more days, maybe? Are we recording next week? I don't know. It'll be a big surprise. Anyway, stay tuned. Hello out there. This week in Marvel. This is Marvel.com assistant editor Patrick Cavanaugh. Uh, something you can't tell is that for some reason I'm sitting with one arm akimbo, and I just realized it. Makes me feel really awkward. I can't think of a better way to introduce the folks that I'm joined by. So, starting with Harrison Wilcox, director of development, and Katie, <laughs> and Katie Kanuski, president of Marvel. President of Marvel She's been promoted in the last week. What fantastic! There was just in the in the last seven days since we last spoke. There's just been. <laughs> So there's just been so much uh, fan fervor over Katie joining the podcast that I, she's been. I did mispronounce, so say, say it right with your new title, please. I was going to correct you, but I thought that would be very unpresidential. So Katie Kaneski, president. I thought you were going to say it, president of the world. It's it's Kati. That's what you got wrong. You, you, you mispronounced that. Kati. Uh, we are back. Katie, I'm not going to have you talk about what you do here at Marvel because you're still learning those responsibilities. Now is the acting president of Marvel. And really, whatever responsibilities you create, that's what you do here. So congratulations on that. We do promote from within. Don't ever say we don't. Exactly. It's all about getting your foot in the door. You start as an intern. You might dabble in live action, come back and coordinate some coordinate current for series. Four months and then bam, president of the company. Right. Eight months. Excuse me. <laughs> well, <laughs> I shrugged. I you couldn't see that. <laughs> we, I think we could hear it. We could pick up on a, the same way that the folks at home could hear that I had one hand akimbo yes, on my right. hip. They could exactly. also hear your shrug. Uh, we're here to talk more about body language. We are here to talk about a brand new episode of Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy that will be airing this Saturday at 9.30 p.m. Yeah. Harrison, I don't want to hear from you. Katie, tell me what happens in this episode of Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. 
well without giving too much away. Good. We don't want to give too much away. <laughs> uh, the Guardians uh, visit a planet which is alive. Great. And the planet, when you are standing on the planet, you regress. So we get to see early versions of all the Guardians, like Drax as a warrior, Gamora as a um, soldier of Thanos, Rocket as a regular crazy raccoon, um, Groot as a awkward teenager, and Quill as the exact same person that he is. See, for those of you at home, you might not... I don't know why I'm saying for those of you at home, I'm just trying to give a really long, elaborate setup to the fact that Peter Quill is so immature that there's not much more regressing that he can do. Otherwise, he'll just be a puddle of goop. (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah, he will just devolve into like a single-celled amoeba. So instead of having that happen in the TV show, (laughs) instead we get to see all the shenanigans and the tomfoolery that goes on with these regressed... Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, did we already talk about who reemerges in this episode? Ooh, are, we allowed, are we allowed to say that? I'm asking you as the president. <laughs> the president <laughs> asking a subordinate <laughs> yes. if she's allowed. Am I allowed to say that? <laughs> sure. Okay. So uh, we get to see Ronan again. He's back. He's Guess who's back? Yes. Back again. Back again. Back in black. <laughs> all sorts <laughs> all sorts of jokes and references that we can make. But yeah, uh, so we get to see Ronan come back. We get to see Ma- Mandala. Is that how we the pronounce it? The name of the planet is Mandala. M- Mandala is the yes. name of the planet. We get to see these younger versions, these regressed versions of the Guardians. Lots of shenanigans and tomfoolery. One other character as well. Don't forget. Nebula. Nebula. Wait, we get to see an earlier ver- or a younger minded version of nebula she kind of gets around it in a pre- pretty cool way in a pretty cool way mm-hmm. which we will not spoil correct we can talk about that off air yes uh speaking of spoilers i remember seven days ago when we ended our recording of last week's podcast that uh the the one person here as soon as we were done he just started banging the table and overturning chairs about how angry he was that we didn't talk about what happened in last week's episode. Does that person who threw a tantrum want to talk about things that we we didn't talk about last week? I do, and that is exactly how it happened. <laughs> I mentally blocked it, but thank you. Well, you went into a blind rage, so I'm not surprised that you just kind of uh, had an out-of-body experience. All I'll say, and the people who saw last week's episode will appreciate this, is that Everybody has a mom, including Rocket, and his mom is freaking awesome. Yeah, uh, yeah. There, there's the. I haven't seen the whole episode because I was busy last week at 9:30 p.m. I've seen clips of uh, of that episode, and I highly enjoyed what I got to see. All right, we we met all sorts of new wacky characters. If you want to see more characters, some of them new, some of them old. Some of them blue, some of them borrowed. There's going to be a wedding. There's going to be a wedding this week. No, uh, I don't think there's going to be any weddings. I need to know right now. We all want to know, will there be any weddings in this week's episode of Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy? No. Okay. I had to think about it. You see, you thought about that longer than last week when I asked you about the moral dilemma of audiences being happy that Rocket underwent torturous surgery (laughs) well 
it's good that uh, it's good that you're keeping up with the series. Make sure to tune in this Saturday at 9.30 p.m. on Disney XD. We're uh, still making them, so keep watching them. We're still making them, so keep watching them. Also, something that uh, is still going on and will be going on through January 4th of 2016, no matter what else you might have heard in any corner of the internet. Or January, you say. January. January, according to the current Gregorian calendar. I don't want to see any sort of uh, arguments about the calendar we're using. We're using the current Gregorian calendar. And January 4th will be the last day to submit designs to the We Love Fine contest where you can design your own T-shirt inspired by Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Submit it. Panel of judges, including the fired Stephen Wacker, I believe. He has to wear the winning shirt for a month straight. Right. Yet, if he wants to keep his job, and it's going to be an extra small. So, that'll be great for everyone around the office. I hope he doesn't have any trips planned toward, to St. Louis, which I believe is where he's from. Now that I think about it, Steve does have a, a large amount of navel piercings. that just I wouldn't, I wouldn't think right. someone like that would have that. And that's going to be tough when he's walking around the office because everyone has toys and things like that on their desk. He's going to go f- to meetings, and he's going to be snagging toys with his navel piercing and just having a trail of Spider-Man dangling or ultimate Spider-Man uh, dangling behind him. How is that for a visual image? Maybe Steve. we should get him a regular size shirt Steve. now that I think about it. I don't know. I like the visual image of Steve Wacker uh, dragging his knuckles through the office as he always does in a crop top with a chain of action fingers. Fingers? Fingers? Action fingers. We're really going off he the rails it. here. He really does own it, so you got to give him credit for that. I would say this rivals when we had Strom on here and demanded he talk about Shakespeare. Yeah. For as far... Uh, Strom is here in spirit. Uh, rest in peace, by the way. That was tra- a tragedy, wasn't <laughs> that it? That was a tragedy uh, that he was attacked by that rabid squirrel. But it's, you know, it's like in Ghostbusters when you're supposed to picture the, the non-threatening thing and we, then, boom, something terrifying. told him to wipe off all that peanut butter before he went outside. I know. And then mauled to death by rabid squirrels. That was We've had a busy week, haven't we? <laughs> Katie is now the president. Katie is the president. Well, a colleague died. Stephen Wacker rehired and fired, potentially to be rehired. Whew. I'm getting tired just thinking about it. So make sure this Saturday, 9.30 p.m., Tune in to Disney XD to catch a brand new episode of Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Submit your designs to We Love Fine, and maybe you'll find your design on a t-shirt. Katie, thank you for stopping by. Thank you. And Harrison, thank you for stopping by. I apologize. (laughs) And until next time, make sure to cartoon in to Marvel on Disney XD. Questions and comments time. Ben, kick it off. I am so excited to read this first tweet, which is one of my favorite tweets we've gotten in a while. Um, it is from Marvel Tastic. It says, "Is there another hashtag to use to post to hashtag This Week in Marvel when I'm not posting about hashtag TwinURC?" Uh, Wait, great question. Before you get past that, sure. They also included oh a giant question an mark image of a question mark. a giant I love question it. mark. Um, great question, Marvel Tastic. Uh, 
The hashtag you can use to post to hashtag This Week in Marvel when you're not posting about tw hashtag TwimURC is hashtag This Week in Marvel, which is how we saw your tweet. Yes. You so, did it. You got it. You locked you're, it in. You're already, you're already there. Head of the curve. You answered your own question mark. You answered your own giant question mark with a beautiful answer. Perfect. Thank you. Tweet of the week. Yes. Easily. 100 twin points. Can't see that being topped. Uh, Cassius335 says, There's a great build-your-own-hero RPG being missed here, or at least use the actual kid heroes. And I believe this is a reference to Avengers Academy? Yes, it is. So here's the thing about Avengers Academy. Number one, it um, we don't know what the build-your-own-hero capabilities are going to be, but speaking to the actual kid heroes we are going to see the actual younger heroes from yeah. the Marvel Universe in the game. Uh, we've only revealed so far three, maybe four characters. And a couple silhouetted. And a couple silhouetted. Um, like we've, we've said Miss Marvel's going to be in the game, but we haven't shown her yet. We've yeah. shown Loki, we've shown Black Widow, we've shown Hawkeye, but in the Your Man at Marvel column, when I spoke to Bill Roseman, he talked about the process of why they decided to start with these college age versions of the kind of classic Marvel heroes but then also why there is room for the other heroes so you may see you know a reptile or a hazmat or a metal did so we, it's still um, coming did we talk about the, the actual story component yet I know I know it but I can't remember if we've talked about it publicly um, we've kind of We've said little bits, okay. bits and bobs. I love it. And I yeah. think when we get into it, it's it's a cool little touch. Yeah, I think you're going to be really pleased by Avengers Academy once you learn more about it, Cassius. Yeah. I, uh, I, uh... Are moving your I think villains I'm, like a supervillain? We're getting the access to it soon. Oh, I can't wait to play it. Yeah, yeah, it looks yeah, super yeah, cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, Brian Neal at Fix. <clears throat> says hashtag pick of the week Doctor Strange the Oath also the unbeatable Squirrel Girl number one oh because Doctor Strange the Oath came out as uh, part of Halloween comic oh Fest. that's awesome we so are smart eligible. sometimes we do the good things good job us Kate Benger all I want for Christmas is a Marvel Unlimited app for MacBook uh, you can kind of do that if you put a bookmark to marvel.com slash comic slash unlimited there onto you your web drive hard computer FaceTime. Build, your, and, build uh, your own app. No, don't build your own app. We don't want that. No, I'm saying this is the equivalent of building your yeah, own app. Yeah, it, it's web-based. So you, also you can read it on your MacBook. Yeah. Um, bam, bam, bam. There you, you go. go. Man, solving problems in short order this week. Let's see if we can do the same for at Dean Wireman, a.k.a. our old friend Cop Heavy Camo Short G's. Uh, what if Infinity Arc Rain? Wow, the irony of that ending. Hashtag the Goblin King. Good stuff. Just finished some new releases. Hashtag Drax. Hashtag Extraordinary X-Men. Great reads and a nice picture of those two comics. Righteous. Uh, Daniel Willis says, Elsa Bloodstone is my new future fight MVP. Mm, yeah, she was re revealed as a... Uh, revealed. Released as part of that Halloween pack that also had Spydoc. Uh, oh, yeah. Spider-Man Modoc Also yeah. had Lash. Also had a new Ghost Rider costume. All sorts of good stuff. Very nice. Uh, Daniel says, after the last issue of Thor's, I expect Odin's son to get ultimate Mjolnir, but I really want Jane to dual wield Balt. Ooh. Mm. Ooh. Two hands. But then how does she punch? What does she need to punch when she's got two she hammers? She loves to punch. Yeah, but look, sure? I love to punch too. But you know what? You could <laughs> throw one hammer, punch with that hand while it's off doing its business, yeah. and then you've still got the other hammer... Just and if, in you, case. if you're punching, the hammer will like wait for you. Yeah, exactly. It'll like come and be like, "Hey, cool, keep punching." I'll She's hang got it right great here. control over that hammer, yes. so she'll be fine. Totes. 
Uh, DJ Fanko says to you, Ben, I would love to hear Lorraine Sink, Lorraine Sink on this week of Marvel while Ryan's away. She always does a great job. Uh, you got the next best thing, which was just me alone. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> which I think is a pretty good <laughs> substitute. Well, don't forget, it was just you alone and then me adding in every 15 yes. to 20 seconds just going, mm, mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Sounds creepy. Wow. It was yep. creepy and it was delightful. You didn't see how close I was sitting to Ben's face when we were recording that. <laughs> exactly where he is right now, that far away. Great. Uh, Gabe Cruz. At my insistence. Gabe Cruz says, uh, you said where where monsters dwell was no, the no, last. No, How is that actually spelled? Well, all right. So Gabe Cruz, one, used the hashtag TWIM. Mm-hmm. I only saw it because I was tagged in it. Yes. Uh, we don't check TWIM because it's full of other people's content as well. But anyway, Gabe said... You said where Munsters, M-U-N-S-T-E-R. I want you to point this out just because I would love to read where Munsters dwell. Yes. Dwell, D-W-E-L-E. I don't even care about the last Yeah, I don't care about the dwelle. It's more the where Munsters Yeah, I wish we had the Munsters license. If we had the Munsters license, we would be on. He said where Munsters dwell was the last Secret Wars tie-in, but Silver Surfer 14 ends to be continued. So we were just not... We, I don't think we said definitively. We were like, oh, maybe it oh, is. Oh, I definitely said definitively oh, that I thought it was. Uh, and then last week I pointed out that, oh, man, I was super wrong because there was like five more Secret Wars yeah. tie-ins last week. So, no. Uh, there are defi- I'm never going to say again that Secret Wars is over. As far Even if I see the last issue of Secret Wars, as far as I'm concerned, it might still be going on. Yeah, well, we'll, pro- we'll most likely at some point get a what-if Secret Wars. Exactly. So, so you know, Secret Wars continue. is forever. In our hearts as well never ends Gareth Hatfield says don't worry buddy I got the Space Bucks reference thank you someone had to yeah uh, I certainly did not nope uh, Gareth continues says I've just watched a band uh, which when the lead singer covered his face with his hair he reminded me of Man Thing Oh, poor guy yeah that, that's unfortunate <laughs> uh, what was the band let us know Gareth uh, he also says to Chip Zdarsky and Joe Quinones uh, an idea for a band called Nexus of All Realities Man Thing on drums Howard on bass who else though Jennifer Kale. Yeah. Be on vocals. Yeah. Lead vocals. Totally. If she can sing. Yeah. Bam. And She's then be able uh, to do Howard's new uh, sidekick. Oh, yeah. Tam. Would, would be on bass. Yeah. Uh, this week in Marvel. Oh, or no, Howard's on, on bass. She yeah. can be on lead. Yeah. Lead guitar. Uh, today's post. Uh, and you're right, Man Thing is huge. Definitely going to need both hands when handling. Uh, that, that, that's a 50 twin pointer right there. That's a good one right yeah. there. That really, that's that pretty really solid. fondles the, uh, the Man was, Thing analogy. That was no, no subtlety at all nope, there. just no. groping at it. Oh, God. Uh, Gareth says, <laughs> Deadpool is an absolute spot-on Boston accent. Isn't that right, Ben Morse? Oh, what does he say here? Yeah, he probably says something about cars and takes out the R. He you said, know. hey, look at Boston. How are we supposed to find the cars? This is wicked pisser. I did actually use both wicked and pisser in Oof. the last couple weeks Oof. and realized what I was doing after I did it. Yeah. Um, I didn't use them together, strangely enough. Mm. I said something was wicked something, and then I said something else was pisser. So <laughs> it's all real. It's all true. <laughs> um, at, K, at Gay Comic Guy, side note, at Luke Ross Marvel, Luke Ross draws a super hunky Hercules, hashtag just saying, then we get a nice shot of Super Hunky Hercules. Yeah, he does. And he ain't wrong. Mm-mm. Then another shot of Super Hunky Hercules uh, making breakfast. Mmm. For Gilgamesh. Yeah. Good stuff. I would absolutely read more Young Agatha Harkness written by James Robinson in a second. Hashtag Uncanny Avengers Annual. Toast. That was from the one we just talked about this week. 
Heywood, HWView, last week pick was New Avengers 2. I love this mix of old and new characters and the anime-like art of Mr. Sandoval. Now that Maker is the big bad in New Avengers, how does he seem Victor Von Doom? Hashtag rival or hashtag compadre? What do you think? Interesting. I don't. I think he doesn't think of Doom as anything. No. My I guess, well, we'll see if, if they have any interactions I would, in Secret Wars and how that affects things. If anything, I think Maker is the type of guy who sees Doom like he sees all other people as a pawn yeah. to be moved around the board. Yeah. He's also thousand he's been alive mm -hmm. for a thousand years. So he's not that's what I was gonna say. Like I don't think he sees Doom as like a buddy, but I also don't think he's petty enough to just be like, Oh, that's my enemy. Yeah. He's just like, What can I what can I get yeah. out of this guy? Yeah. What can I use him? Good for? point. That's how Maker works. Yeah. Um, the Maker. Or just Maker. I don't know. Uh, like you said at Discovery Times Square, this new this week's, this new, week's releases. new releases is you wanting our cash. What a list! Yeah, yes. we want that money. Uh, last week pick was Infinity Gauntlet number five. It was cool seeing how the stones were used, and we need more Dustin Weaver. We can always use more. Always. Dustin uh, this, this is a spoiler for uh, Agents of yeah, Shield. Yeah, so Do you want to hold off on that. Yeah, he, so Hayward talks about the identity, uh, the secret identity of Lash yes. on Agents of Shield, and if that will affect anything in the comic. But I, I don't think so. Yeah. No, I'm, who I knows? Don't see it. We'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. find out. We 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 don't know. Uh, and finally, from Haywood, as Chris Evans said, what happened was done by cowards. Hashtag pray for France. Absolutely, our yeah. thoughts are with the people of France. And I was, uh, Haywood was actually messaging with me about Rafe B, yeah. who is okay. Yeah, um, I, was, I was very concerned about him. I was at uh, Disneyland and doing the, um, at the expo for the race and everything. I saw uh, one of our pals who helps out at conventions, Tamar. And she uh, she had said that she had heard from Raph yeah. and that he was okay. So he's doing good and we're happy about that. Yeah. Uh, John Dave McCusker says, Finally catching up on the end of Hickman's Avengers New Avengers run, pre-Secret Wars. Oof. Oofed. Yeah, Oofed. exactly. <coughs> Kieran Doherty says, uh, Your Scottish accent ain't too bad. You even said better. Impressed. It's pretty good, right? Pretty good stuff. Scottish Ryan is pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> I got nothing else. Just keep going. Kyle man. Kelly says, I'm loving the intro music. Am I the only one that thinks that Jimmy Yarn sounds like crap claptrap from Borderlands during the intro? That's one for you. There's a little bit of that. I can hear that. I can hear that. Um, video game corner. Start playing Battlefront. Star Wars Battlefront. You get that yet? I mm. I uh, want I wanted mm. to know your opinion. I've only Because played I've heard well, you know, I don't want to get too sidetracked here, but there's a lot of yes, uh, discussion in kind of the gamer and Star Wars communities about Battlefront and about DLC and all of this kind of stuff. I and I wanted like, your opinion about like how do you like the game? Just the, the base game? And, and I everything. just am playing the tutorial so far yeah. and the tutorial itself is like incredible. So the yeah. first tutorial is oh you're, you're a, a rebel trooper on Hoth, go blow up these probe droids. Great. Mm -hmm. Easy learns mechanics and you, it feels like you're in the realm. Then the second one is you're on Endor and you're, uh, uh, you know, Imperial troopers on like speeder bikes, and it's great. Mm -hmm. And you got your you're racing through Endor with AT-ATs and ATSTs and all this other cool stuff. Uh, then there's one where you're uh, piloting X-wings, going after Tie fighters, which is super fun. And like they're great in teaching you how the game works, mm -hmm. but also then just super fun mm -hmm. uh, stuff. 
And then what was the last one? The last one was your piloting that I've played is your piloting an ATST uh, in front of an ADAT on this planet, and you have to destroy rebels. Oh, cool. And it's great. Yeah, that's yeah. all I've played so far. Yeah. And I don't like online stuff, so I haven't played that too yeah, much yeah, yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just like the Star Wars of it is great. Yeah, yeah. I've heard that the visuals and like oh the audio gosh. component and everything is just yeah. like unbelievable. Yeah. So I, I'll, you know, I'll, to be honest, I'm probably gonna pick it up. Yeah, this I saw that they they'll have like four DLC packs. And yeah. It's like, cool. That. Don't you want more? Yeah. Have have more Star Wars. Here yeah. we are. Yeah. Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Back to the tweets, you nerds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's got business to deal with here. Uh, Kyle Kelly uh, continues, says, I always wondered what would happen if Wolverine popped his claws when his hands weren't straight. This I don't know what this panel is from. Well, he says, now I know. Besides this one panel from Wolverine's number 11, ah. are there any other times this has happened? Not that I can recall. No. And I don't even remember like the context I don't remember this at all. I, I think it was something to do with uh, our boy Fang. Yeah, it looks I'm like sure, Fang. I'm sure that was I don't remember. involved. That's so Because he looks like he's in space. Yeah, naturally. Yeah. Uh, Luke Caporn says, My boys really love the stack down set uh, he got at mm -hmm. uh, our live this week at Marvel before New York Comic Con. And that is courtesy of our boy Kyle Edwards. Kyle Edwards. He brought some WWE toys yep. for the fans. We got a nice picture here. Yeah. His, uh, his, his boys enjoying that stack down. Yeah. Good for you guys. Marvelous Collection says, I think it would be hilarious to have a villain or someone in the Marvel animated series with Stromy's laugh. Oh my goodness. Yep. Who would be best? I Shocker. Like, I mean, if you can give Shocker. But uh, why would Shocker be laughing? He's always, you know, I don't know. destroyed. I feel like. Leave that to Whacker. He's I, the idea. Guy. I feel like Stromy was born to voice Arcade. Mm. You know? Mm hmm. Yeah. Put that, that would be terrific. Put that one out or, there. Or uh, Sugar Man. Oh, he'd be a great Sugar Man. Yeah. Great Sugar Man. All right, Penelope Cat making a rare outside of Tomb URC appearance. Yeah. Uh, so many good choices for my This Week in Marvel of the Week. Doesn't doesn't work when you spell it out like that, but I guess you have to, <laughs> to get on the uh, hashtag. Declaring a tie between Thor's Infinity Gauntlet and Captain America White. Nice. Darth Vader was also fantastic. Figment was delightful, and Secret Wars rocked. And Spider-Gwen, Avengers, Ultimates, Hawkeye, and Chewie were also tons of fun. Biggest surprise, Carnage. Yo. 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 I read that? Carnage on the plane. How about I read Perkins all those art? books on the plane. That Perkins art. Perkins Carnage. art. I was losing my dang mind. Yeah. I hope he never leaves. Oh my gosh. Good stuff. I bought Carnage for the creative team, but I'm staying for the characters. I want to see where things go. And also, I don't know where I saw it, but the maybe we were talking about it. The the idea that it's the Tomb of Dracula like vibe, especially after having just read those Tomb of Dracula stories, mm -hmm. was terrific. Mm -hmm. I loved it. Mm -hmm. This next one. Do you want to read this? Um, no, I, we. There's a coincidence thing that. Yeah. Yeah. We, we agree. We'll get into. It's. It's not. Yeah. It's not something we really want to dwell yeah. on. Uh, Raph A B, who we were just talking about earlier, the Tony Stark Doctor Strange scene from Iron Man number three should be in the MCU at some point. Hashtag facial hair bros. Yes. It should be in everything. It should be every medium we do. Video Agreed. games, TV, shirts, the works. Yeah. Uncanny X Men number six hundred. What is Gold Balls doing there? Isn't he supposed to be dead? When did he die? I don't remember him dying. Did he die in like Secret Wars so. number one? Yeah, everyone died in Secret Wars number one. That's true. This was set before Secret Wars number one. Blah. I'll just assume that's what you were talking about. Uh, MCU got two Sherlock Holmes, one Watson, two Irene Adler, and one Moriarty. Which actor is next? I, I don't know. This is all Sherlock Who Holmes. Who else? Who else was Sherlock Holmes? We got uh, both Downey. 
And oh, that's right. He was, yeah, 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 yeah. I see. So when Iron Man and Doctor Strange meet in the MCU and have their facial hair bros moment that we've already decided is happening. They'll say, Sherlock Holmesian and you know, they'll say something very like Sherlock Holmes. They'll just both say like elementary. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's something that's like that. a Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> that, would, that, would, that would work. Yes. That would work. So novelizations of Iron Man and Avengers movie by Alex Irvine in French stores. Are they kids oriented? Uh, I don't know for sure. No. So I mean, no. No, these are these, these are, are straight, straight adaptations of the movies. No. Uh, oh, yeah. Hmm. I I think they're not necessarily YA. I would imagine that they are. If you took your if your kids saw the movies, they could read the books. Sure. I'm not. Let's I don't just, think he's gonna be throwing a lot of bone zone action in there no, unnecessarily. No. no, no. And uh, <laughs> and and if it's otherwise, well, there you go. Um, there's Jessica Jones Expo in Paris until January 2016 at Art Ludic. Can't wait to go see it. That's cool. Do yeah. you know anything about this? No. Tweet us some pics. Yeah, please. Miss Marvel Nova story in all new, all different Avengers was awesome. Great job, Mark Wade and Mahmoud Asrar. Asking me, so do you think Nighthawk versus Hyperion is better than the movie of the other company? I mean, the movie hasn't come out yet. Yeah, but so I think we, we can, can say yes. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Like definitely. I love Nighthawk. Carlos Pacheco art and uh, Nighthawk and Hyperion are like so great because it's just on you know, like yeah. There's just go to town, yeah. have fun, do whatever you want. Yeah, it's great. West Coast, West Coast got new recording stuff, right? I hear Stromy in my left earphone and the Wolfman in the right. <laughs> that <laughs> sounds like a living nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry for you. Walking around. And I don't think they have the new equipment yet. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, but again, very sorry. Yep. Uh, listening to Mignal Wen interview on This Week in Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., love to hear her laugh. But who's got the better laugh, her or Stromy? Stromy. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Wow. Yep. That is a hot take. Yep. Another one. Feel so down this Sunday after Paris attacks that I feel like going Jessica Jones mode. Hashtag it's called whiskey. Hashtag make it a double. Uh... You know what? You're just going to be tougher, and, and you guys are going to be fine, and uh, we're with you. Amen. Uh, love the music in the Agent Carter promo. What is it? I'm not sure. Raph, tweet that to Strami and to the Wolfman, and hopefully they can find out. Yes, as you're listening to them in either of your ears. <laughs> Changelog Marvel Unlimited. I see what you did here. And he hashtag Paul Degnan on this one said, Before the app would sometimes say that you had 12 issues in your read offline, but you could count the number of issues in there on one hand. We fixed that. Oh, this is from Paul. Now, if we say you have 12 issues in your read offline and you can count all the issues in there on one hand, you've probably been bitten by something radio uh, radioactive. Go see a doctor or get fitted for a spandex suit or both make us proud. Hi, Paul Degnan. Underrated humorist. I don't know if Paul actually wrote that. He uh, might have. Let's, let's say it. Let's give him the credit. Yeah. Because I like it and I like Paul. Terrific. Two, two, two things I like. Yes. All right, Ricky Williams says, uh, Marvel, you got to love the new addition to my home office. Uh, it's a Mjolnir. It's and a Mjolnir. The thing I, I'm confused about in this photo is, how do you work with Mjolnir directly in front of your monitor? Definitely in front of your monitor. <laughs> yeah. Are you using it as a paper? And look, the mouse is right in the way. It's yeah, right in like, the way of the mouse, too. Hey, whatever works for you. Doesn't seem practical. Nope. Uh, Ricky continues. He says, uh, if Chris Hemsworth ever gives you problems, Marvel, we've got your replacement right here. Oh, and my gosh. Photo of, I assume, Ricky's child looking I adorable. Mean, let's hope so. Yeah. Otherwise, and he's accosted to be in some trouble. <laughs> uh, looking a little cute in a little poor outfit. It's great. Uh, Rob Nolan says, question. In all new, all different Marvel, will we see the Odinson? Will he appear in the new Thor run or elsewhere? He will be appearing somewhere. Yes. Let's leave it at that. 
Uh, Rob continues, fully agree with Ben Morse's choice for Astonishing Ant-Man number one as Twim of the Week when it came out totally awesome. I do too. I agree with me too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Rob's Twim of the Week uh, has to be New Avengers number two. That's Al Ewing two. Two has, that's gotten. Yeah, has delivered so many things that I wanted in an Avengers book. Mm. Terrific. Uh, Rob says, after hearing about Marvel Legendary on This Week in Marvel, I had to check it out. It looks cool. A co-op card game for Tomo and myself. Terrific. Look at that. We're selling product left and right. We don't even mean to. Yeah. Give us a raise. Yeah. Uh, Rob says, This Week in Marvel, since I swear by my official index of the Marvel Universe for Avengers info, I am very happy to now have MCU guidebooks. Very happy. Very. Very happy. Terrific. Ross Meyer, this comment is a two-parter, hence the two picks, all right? <laughs> and it takes up two full pages of our outline. <sighs> Here we go. After seeing the new Jessica Jones trailer and hearing your praise for Alias last episode, I decided to buy all 28 issues on Comixology. I finished them last night, and wow, what a great series. Bendis can be hit or miss with me, but I think he really shines with dark and gritty characters like her, Moon Knight, and Daredevil. Jones is so down-to-earth and layered. Also, one question I had while reading. There was a time when people in the Marvel Universe didn't know Captain America's secret identity. I'll pause here and answer yes, there was a time. Yeah, I, I, I don't necessarily... I think he was sort of a figurehead in yeah. for the military, but I don't think they said... And his real name is Steve Rogers. Yeah, there was definitely a time where he was Steve Rogers. He had a civilian job, everything, and like you know, his love and interest didn't know who he was, so just anyone else. Yeah. Anyway, what really irked me was Purple Man, but in a good way. I used to think Bullseye was the craziest villain in Marvel, but now I think it might be Kilgrave. The arc with him and Jessica made me feel uncomfortable and disturbed, like how I would feel in a horror movie. If it didn't make you feel that way, I'd yeah. be concerned about you. Um, I'm a little nervous how the show is going to handle this. I'm a little more at ease since I know women are making the show, but still. I also liked how she was placed in Marvel continuity via flashbacks. When I read New Avengers and she told Spider-Man she had a crush on him in high school, it seemed random, but this gave it context. It reminded me of how Deadpool was inserted into the first Secret Wars. Anyway, thanks for the recommendation. You're welcome. And um, it, it's it's going to be disturbing. The series, the and show is going to be uncomfortable, and it's you know it's going to be handled in a way that makes you feel uneasy. Mm -hmm. uh, it should because Kilgrave is the one of the worst, most deplorable characters. Yep. Like. But that's the thing. People are like, oh, Kilgrave, it's going to be great. David Tennant. No, no. you're not going to feel okay. Like, it's... Ugh. You see David Tennant on the street, you will not want to say hello to him. No. You will punch him. You will run. Yeah. Or punch him and run. Yeah. Don't, run please, don't, please don't punch run David punch Tennant. <laughs> he is actually such a sweetheart in Yeah, he is an actor. He is yeah. portraying this role. And he is just the best. Yes. Uh, another one from... Uh, Ross. So far back, it's Ross. I love Ben's excitement for Squirrel Girl. It never fails to make me laugh and smile with its charm. Terrific. Now, is he saying that Squirrel Girl never fails to make him laugh and smile, or my excitement? You, you, you. Oh, it's all yeah, right. yeah. Okay, good for me. Uh, RP67 says, and no, I'm a dude in the picture. Sorry, Lola Girls, my fiance. Oh, hey. Another another blunder by us. Whatever. <laughs> wow. We can't assume. No. Men, women, no gender identity. No gender identity it's here. Fluid. Gender is a fluid concept. Sure is. Like water. Yes. Uh, RP67 continues and says, so my work is moving me out to L.A. Any good comic book stores? Also, <laughs> anyone know a good area to live? Uh, those are actually great questions. You really should ask Strami and the Wolfman. Both yeah. of them live in the general LA area. I think Strami lives in West Hollywood, and he's been there for years. Of course, he, he loves does. it. Uh, there's a Hollywood hipster Strami. area where uh, Patrick lives. 
I don't know if he lives in the the, the hipster area. Hangs out there all the time. But uh, Todd, our, oh, yeah, one Todd of our Casey. What the writers, lives in the hipster area, I Todd believe. Casey, well, I can't remember also one called. of the writers on the upcoming Krampus. Yes. Um, I can't remember what area that's called. Um, there's a bunch of cool comic shops. I can't remember them because I don't know if Golden Apple is still there. I don't know. That was a great store. Astromy. Just Astromy. Yeah, Astromy and the Wolfman will know all that stuff. Uh, RP67 continues, says, Loving the new Hercules series, rather Heracles. Okay. That's, that's, that's a, yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. 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 Ye
more from Simon. All this talk about Bone Zone every week. This Week in Marvel is becoming NSFW. LOL. Hashtag, won't someone think of the children? Uh, we are thinking of them. Yeah. We're thinking of their education. Yeah. And their, their awakening. The kids got to learn about the Bone Zone at some gotta point. Got to learn somewhere. What better place than here? What? If, if someone, if a child is like, hey, dad, mom, I heard about the Bone Zone. Please tell me more. That allows... <laughs> we just gave you that opening. Yeah. That allows you to have a Perfect frank segment. and open conversation yep. with your children about sex, which I think is a very important thing. Very healthy thing. Yeah. I like that you're looking at Tucker as you say this. Yeah. He's the child in the room. Well... I, he needs uh, someone to talk to him about I, this. I, I, I uh, actually taught uh, sex ed uh, uh-huh. before what? Uh, when I when I was in high school. Um, Wait, when wait, you were you in wait. high school? <laughs> this Hold is on. <laughs> Are you a professor <laughs> of the bone zone? This does not add up. Um, so is this like some Doogie Howser stuff? <laughs> <laughs> I was I was good friends with uh, one of the teachers who was like the official. This is not making it uh, better. Nope. Not teacher, making it better at all. Um, and he uh, just kind of got tired of teaching every week. So wow. he he just t- told me and my two best buddies yep. to come and uh, kind of show the young freshman boys w- what to yep. do with a banana and totally some inappropriate. other things. Uh, <laughs> your, your teacher should almost definitely have been fired. Did uh, it for three years. Wow. <laughs> yeah. How many years were you in high school? Uh, well, I started doing it sophomore year, so sophomore, junior, okay. senior year. So you were a high school sophomore teaching high school freshmen sex ed. Some of whom were definitely more experienced because, than I. Because, and I quote, <laughs> your teacher got tired of doing it, yeah. of doing his job. Yep, it's all true. I love every <gasps> part of the story. That is an amazing story. Yep. That so should be po- shared Point every being, you know, This Week in Marvel is a legitimate source for bone zone information for this kind of com- for this kind of conversation yeah, I'm sure licensed unlicensed bone, probably bone zoneologist <laughs> yep yep I'm almost <laughs> certainly unlicensed yeah let's uh, just say there's like a, a, a rogue group of uh, former high school students that just are absolutely want, miseducated want, yep. and just wreaking havoc just on wandering society wandering the streets giving infactual inf- infactual is that sure. a word let's, let's go, go with, with it, it. yeah <laughs> Giving bad information. Wow. Great story. Um, thank you, Simon Williams, for prompting that one. Yeah. That was great. <laughs> Simon's killing it because this next one is great, too. It's pretty good, too. People stop asking H&M to do accents. There are laws against torture. Hashtag won't someone think of the children. Ach, nay, I'm going to continue to do the accents every week. <laughs> the wee barons need to learn the accents and learn you know, the bones on. Do you know what bairn means? Yeah, it means child, okay. baby. Okay. Well, I feel like you've used it for like, I feel like it's your all-purpose word. I've read enough comics with Rain Sinclair oh, to yes. know that she used it oh, yes. plenty. Wee bairn. Wee bairn. <sighs> the tech lord says, boom! I guess this is the last century's version of This Week in Marvel. That is one of the best compliments we've ever gotten. Yeah. Uh, Foom is wow. like classic. That's... A, a beloved thing. Yeah. Friends of Old Marvel is a, yeah. It all, it's, it's more we of a are, fan club. We are this century's version of that. Uh, yeah, a, we're a fan a club. A little bit of that. We're a, a fan community. Yeah. We build a community. A little bit of that, a little bit of Stan Soapbox, mm-hmm. a little bit of, you know, Your Man at Marvel, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and uh, we Mighty Marvel Podcast. Yeah. A lot of that, I guess. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, Tim Keese says, just finished Black Panther number 23 with Deadpool. Not as epic as hoped, but still a great fight. What's next? Black uh, Panther number 24? Yeah, Black Panther number 24 comes next. Numerically, yeah. I think that's where you go. That was a Black Panther Deadpool crossover written by Priest. Chris Priest? Yep. Yeah. Um, that was good stuff. Yeah, I don't remember 
I'm sure they just went back to their respective they books. They did. They went back to their respective books so you can read uh, read that whole Black Panther run. Oh, it's yeah. 100%. Excellent, excellent run. Tim says, finally got to Invincible Iron Man number one. Bendis stays awesome. Mark I think Bendis' story is awesome. Uh, oh, yeah. Bendis' story is awesome. Uh, Marquez and Ponsar art and colors equally great. Five stars all around. Wow. Yeah. That's as good as it gets. Yeah. Tim says, Invincible Iron Man number one is definitely my twim, twim of the month. Twim of the month. Have to check back up, though, on all my reading. Keep up the awesome work on the podcast. Last two episodes, though, Stromy and the Wolfman were inaudible with volume on Max. Couldn't even hear Stromy's laugh. Wow, in contrast to the living nightmare before, that sounds like a dream come true. <laughs> uh, one of the one of the tips we heard from someone else is to make sure you don't have the Facebook app mm, open. Yes, for some uh, reason. If you're listening to it on app. an I- iOS device, that might, maybe there are other apps, so close all your apps. Just have the podcast app open if you can and see if that helps. I don't know. Mm. Uh, but also, Tucker, please pass that information along to uh, Blake. Will so, do. As he's going through the audio to make sure we're good. Yeah. And Tim says, Invincible Iron Man issues two and three, even better than the first. Holy. So those have to be like his twin of the year. Yeah. That's the only way to go from totes. Finishing up with Zach Ritzman, the new Howling Commandos reminds me of Monster Squad, a Looney Tunes cartoon, and the Expendables, only 1,000 times more awesome. Yo. High praise. Wow. Highest possible praise. You got to send that one to Josh. Yeah. Uh, Frank Barbieri? Frank Barbieri. Josh writes Illuminati. Sorry. Send it to both of them. I'm sure. They're probably pals. let's, Let's inspire Josh to do even better. Uh, and finally, while Black Knight delivered, I missed Dane so much. That last page got me more excited for number two than I was for number one. Hot dog. We did it. Three Seven hours. 70 so. pages of comments. Yep, we 96 did it issues. Woo. Nice job, Tucker. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so uh, we'll come back at you guys next week. We have Star Wars Tag and Bink to you deal with. You should have said grazie. Grazie. Yeah. Sorry, when I speak with Ben, I want to speak his language. I appreciate that I could understand what he was saying. I'd have no idea what he just said. Yeah, fair. Yeah. Uh, he said something about the picadillo with Ben and uh, the langu- languishing. Yes. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, next week we're going to do our Twim URC. we got some fun stuff, but keep throwing in those questions in the comments. Uh, I think you're really going to dig Tag and Bank. I started reading it on the train this morning, or rereading it, and it's still hilarious yes it really is um and that's it guys we'll be back with more sure will this is marvel your universe